Hello and welcome, dreamers, to our 2008 episode of DCY. Uh, if I'd stuck to the original plan, this is where the golden years would end. But there are indeed more to come. However, this will be our last official OG featuring regular guests. So it's sort of the end of an era, really. Unfortunately, the lovely Rich couldn't join us today. But as you'll see shortly, we do still have a four man podcast for you. If you're not sure who I am, that's right, because I'm about to tell you. I'm Andrew and joining me today is my co-host with the co-most. I've done this before with Rich. I felt like it needed to come back for some reason. Uh, get ready for the scintillating stylings of the seriously sexy and Shenmue shunning Steve. Wow. How's it going? Hello, hello. I'm, I'm, it's, I'm, yes, it's going great, especially after an intro like that. I thought all S's. I thought Amazing. You know, all the S's. No, I love it. Thank you. Yeah, good. And it's been a long I, time since anyone said I was sexy. That's the main thing that I, that I enjoyed about that. Lovely. I'll, I'll say it more often then. <laughs> Please Just don't. randomly. <laughs> All right, I'll stop. Um, our guests today uh, are quite the pair. They're brothers who, between them, probably produce more podcasts than I do. Uh, they're always down for a good old chinwag, especially when it comes to gaming. Please welcome the waffling tailors themselves. It's Jay and Squidge. How are mm. you? Uh, I'm very well, thank you, Andrew and Steve. Uh, as the Americans say, long time, uh, first time, long time caller, first, uh, long time listener, sorry, first time caller. So just the way around. Really, <laughs> long time yeah, caller. That's right. I've got it completely wrong. What I've been doing is I've been hacking into your your recording sessions and just listening in, and that way I don't need to listen to the rendered episode, right? <laughs> yep. True. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's a genuine pleasure to be here, and 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 it's kind of. A little like uh, scary for me that you've had us on on the the, the last one with guests. Mm. Where you've you've set a very high bar, mm. and yeah. I'm about to yeah. trash it. Is what don't, I'm saying. Don't fuck it up, either yeah. of you. <laughs> yeah, I'm be- I'm setting you up to be the pinnacle of the guests that we've had, and we've had Corey Marshall on. So no Maybe pressure. Better than him. Yeah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> lovely. No pressure. <laughs> No pressure. Um, also, just because I can say it, and uh, you guys say it all the time, or Jay says it to you. In fact, hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. Yeah. <laughs> I have to do it. Now I feel comfortable. I'm good. I'm good. good. That's good. Good to know. <laughs> I thought it was about time I returned the favour and invited you on my podcast for a change because I've been yeah. on yours so often. Um, I'm basically the third waffling Taylor. I am going to change my name to Taylor if I'm on one or two more. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Makes sense, doesn't it? To to your point earlier on about perhaps we put out more content than you, mm-hmm. um, as of two days ago, as we're recording, um, I had released 269 episodes of podcasts. Wow, <laughs> that's so, rather a lot. That yeah, is a I, lot. I keep joking that I'm getting a retroactive sore throat, but I really feel like I am getting one. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm getting retroactive earaches. I've edited most of that. So yep. Very true, very true, but all very good. So uh, we'll talk about the podcast that you do a bit later on and uh, make sure that people can go and find you and listen because they definitely should. Uh, But for now, let's move on to what we're here for. I said for what we're here for, but we do start off on a different foot. So before we start chatting about the year 2008, there's the small matter of finding out uh, which Dreamcast game is your favourite. And Jay, I'm going to start with you. What is your favourite Dreamcast game? Uh, it's not even vaguely controversial. I think I'm, I'm split between Fantasy Star Online, which I still play to this day, um, both online and offline, and Metropolis Street Racer. Although I am dreadful at that game these days, 
I really tried to pick it up the other day and I'm just I'm just absolutely dreadful. Um, there is Shadow Man as well, but that wasn't specifically just a Dreamcast title, so I'm not really mm. including it. But That's fair. Multi-platform, but yeah, I mean, Metropolis Street Racer and Fantasy Star Online, both phenomenal Dreamcast games. Um, very, very good. Uh, so you, you play Fantasy Star Online still, so you have a Dream Pie then, I guess, to be able to connect up? Um, it's actually through, uh, I don't have the Dream Pie because uh, Squidge has my Dreamcast, but um, I use, uh, is it Raycast? And, oh, yeah. Um, with Raycast and obviously you need your own physical copy of the game. You know, we're not we're not promoting pri- piracy here. Mm-mm. We are promoting privacy, but we're not promoting piracy, which is okay. a good sure. way to do it. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, uh, you need if you have RetroArch and uh, Raycast, there's a way of getting the um, the uh, PSO for Dreamcast online through the emulator Amazing. using the unofficial servers now. So you can totally play that, and that's what I've been doing. It's, for some reason, I hit the server and no one's on it, so I'm like, yay, entire planet to myself. <laughs> nice. That's pretty cool. Um, Squidge, what about you? What's your favourite Dreamcast game, since you have Jay's Dreamcast? <laughs> it's going to be a bit of a weird choice. Um, I would have gone for something like PSO. I never played Power Stone, so I can't say that. Or something like a racing game or Rage Rumble Boxing Round 2. But I'm going to parrot something I said on an episode before. I'm going to go with Blue Stinger. Mainly because it is so bad that it's bad. And everyone should um, experience it so they are immune to crap games. So you can build up that immunity to truly dreadful games. And then anything you play after that, you'll be okay with. Sure. Interesting. I I did actually liken it to something else, but I'm not going to say that. Um, if you remember, I know Yeah, yeah, uh, that is on a Waffling Taylor's episode. So if you fancy <laughs> listening to that, that is an interesting choice for favourite game. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I, can, I can give you a reason why if you want it. Sure. Uh, go for other it. than it's so bad, it's bad. Uh-huh. Um, to this day, I still haven't got anywhere on it. Okay. And okay. even with like looking up strategy guides and stuff, I still can't get anywhere. So I'm going through the same areas, wondering what the hell I'm doing, uh-huh. killing the same things, trying to build up money very slowly to get weapons that are heavily overpriced, and realizing I've just played this for six hours and I don't know why. So it's a fantastically stupid waste of time for me, mm-hmm. but it's not a waste of time because I enjoy the um, the the absurdity of that game. So that's my favourite Dreamcast game. <laughs> well, you enjoy the absurdity of the first six hours of that game. Well, first, like, half an hour's worth of story, because I still can't get past Stretched it. out over six hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, got it. All right, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to wow. say, like the average Lord of the Rings movie, but I feel like I alienate everyone. <laughs> Too <late>. Trigger warning. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, making some notes here. Squidge Masochist. <laughs> okay. Continue. And you've known me how long? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. All right. All right. Um, so we've got your Dreamcast games. Excellent. Not sure about Blue Stinger, but we'll we'll <laughs> we'll move past it. Uh, so going into 2008, Jay, I know this is a, an especially important year for you. You've told me uh, not just in gaming, but in life in general. Right? It was a 2008 was a massive year for you. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um... I feel like I may um, cause some 
old man vibes in a moment, but okay. 2008 was the year I graduated uni. Uh, but also um, to celebrate graduating uni, uh, I went to Japan and uh, spent some time over there. And uh, uh, for, for you chaps, whilst we're recording this, I can send you some photos of my trip if you like. Obviously, the listeners won't be able to see them, but... You know, I can send a few photos yeah. through if you'd like for later perusal. Listeners, um, just imagine. Just imagine you can see the photos and what those it, would be like. Ab- absolutely. And then send in what you think the photos look like on a postcard and you <laughs> might win a sticker or um, a well done or something. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Nice drawing. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, yeah, it was... Uh, yeah, 2008, the year I graduated, and I went and spent some time in Japan with some friends. First nice. time I'd been. And I'd been studying Japanese at uni for three years alongside my comp sci degree. So I was able to speak a little bit of the language. I ended up becoming the unofficial translator for the three of us whilst we were walking around. Even though the person I was staying with had been living there for two years himself and was like, yeah, no, I'm not good at Japanese. I'm like, what? You've lived here. What? (laughs) How's that work? (laughs) Exactly, right? (laughs) Ah. All right, well, I'm about to ruin 2008 for you now. Um, That's why I'm here. Do it. That's ruined by trying to create a paragraph by shoving as many 2008 song titles together as I possibly can. Uh, (laughs) Steve knows it too well. Mm -hmm. This is the thing that Steve isn't going to miss when the podcast (laughs) has ended, right? Well, yeah, I mean, we're not ending. This is going to keep going. Just Uh, It's true. We are going to keep going. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you sound thrilled mm-hmm. <laughs> it's my favorite part let's go let's do this okay uh please get ready to count uh because i'll be asking for your best guesses of how many song titles are in this paragraph when it's all over uh, radio sega listeners get those guesses into discord please here we go hallelujah we've come to the end of the golden years but wait it's not over yet i could literally go on forever please don't run the promise I made still stands. I won't add any more now. So what? I hear you cry. We've, you've said that before. You can think of me now as the man who can't be moved. I'm showing you some mercy. It's probably too late to apologise, but I'm begging. Stay with me. I have such a fascination with this time in gaming. So shut up and let me go prepare for the rest of this episode. I'm only human, not a superstar or even a rock star. I can't speak French even. So viva la vida. And enjoy all the games we're about to talk about. Uh, This could be the greatest day. You might even exclaim, wow. All right, let's turn the spotlight back onto our guests. Give it to me. All right, I'm done. Can I take a bow? Seriously, I'm spent. I've I've done. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. I'm taking a bow. You are actually done. There was no song in 2008 called I'm Done. No, there's no no song called I'm Done. Cool. Um, That we couldn't find it. No. <laughs> the only thing worse than that segment is the amount of effort that must go into it because like <laughs> you clearly you clearly work hard on that i mean hard i don't know i work at it hard i wouldn't <laughs> say um <laughs> how many song titles did i get in there come on best guess jay so this is uh price is right rules right so the closest without going over uh you can go over it's, it's just the closest okay, okay. that's all right because yeah. because if it was prices right rules i was going to say one because then the closest right. without going over I, I don't understand why no one ever does that in the prices right it's like <laughs> you've got to be the closest without going over if i go lowest the chances of me not going over are pretty slim anyway mm. um it's just I'm, half a tv show well yeah <laughs> <laughs> um 
I'm going to say uh, 22 and get it completely wrong. Okay, okay. Squidge? 27. 27. I was counting on my fingers, I tried. Oh, okay. You've got 27 fingers. <laughs> I ain't saying anything. <laughs> uh, the genetic experimentation went very wrong. Uh, Steve, how many? Um, I was going to say 26. Ooh. But that's kind of close to... It's yeah. controversial. Kind of close, so I don't know. Go on then. Yeah, all right. Okay. Uh, I'm giving a little bit of time here just so the Discord users can put this in. Of course, oh. people who aren't on Radio Sega are not listening through that. I'm just filling time here, so you feel free <laughs> to skip forward for a few seconds. Uh, <laughs> some nice music, yeah. There you go. Um, all right, no, the answer is, and this is incredible, I was hoping somebody would get it dead on uh, with our last guest being here, and somebody has got it dead on, and that person is Jay. 22. Hey. I thought you said one. <laughs> yeah, well, I originally said one, didn't I? Oh. So obviously I'm completely wrong. Hey. Ooh, ooh, so I, I, I've, I'm in like some good vibes, right? Yeah, good vibes. Uh, I'll send them your way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and because it's the, the final episode with guests, you win never having to go through that again. Mm-hmm. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just do it next time I'm on, uh, on your podcast. I'll just kind of like interrupt you <laughs> and it. just start talking in... Uh, in song buns. Um, I mean, you yeah. can try. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, whether it'll get into the final episode, you'll have to talk to Squidge about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, now we're on to the part uh, where I tend to get a bit dark. Um, so buckle up for this as well, I guess. Um, we're going to talk about what happened in 2008, other than gaming. Uh, so give, us a self, give ourselves a reminder of mm. what life was like in 2008. Mm. Are we ready for that? Mm-hmm. Can, can we remember that far back? Do you think this will bring back some memories? Yes, yeah. Probably. Yeah. Okay. So, in 2008, Terminal 5 at Heathrow Airport opened with a whimper rather than a bang when IT issues, among myriad other problems, meant that over 500 flights had to be cancelled. Ouch. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Um, the state of Kosovo declared independence in this year, breaking away from Serbia. That's an interesting one. I don't think I even knew that. I don't know why I didn't know that, but there you go. Boris Johnson became mayor of London in this year. Simpler times. Simpler <laughs> times. <laughs> if only he could still be mayor. Wouldn't that be nice? No, no. They talk about the mayor of London are actually turning into a horse. I'm just curious. <laughs> Is the answer yes? I'll I'll take that. <laughs> if only he could be. If he turned into a horse, it would certainly solve a lot of issues that we're having currently. That's true. <laughs> Clump your foot once for yes, twice. You'd <laughs> be so much more effective. That sort of binary decision making would just absolutely go a long way. Yeah, he would eat a lot less as well. We could just feed him hay, and he wouldn't have to. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go you know, to it doesn't cost much to decorate the inside of a stable, does it? So exactly, we've solved the problem. There you go. In better election news. Barack Obama was elected the 44th president of the United States in 2008. It's a bit better. It's all right. It's good. Yeah. Compared yeah. to what we got in 2016. Yeah, it, was, it, was, mm-hmm. it was extremely historic. It was. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It was. Uh, moving on. In the Summer Olympics held in Beijing, the UK won 19 gold medals. Overall, we came fourth, which was our best result in a century. It's pretty good going. Striking. Mm-hmm. We were pretty shit before that then, apparently. <laughs> um, 
the infamous Russell Brand show prank call row occurred, which I still don't think I fully understand. So it's something to do with ba- uh, not Basil Fawlty, it was uh, Manuel, right? Yeah, that's right. God, was that 2008? Yeah. Goodness me. They prank called his niece or daughter? Was that it? Uh, something like that. It was it was Russell Brand and Jonathan Ross, right? Who did? Yes. Yes. Mm. Um, and they crank called his daughter or niece or something and said, you know, pretty like light misogynist things to her. Uh, I don't know. And the only reason they did it is because it was the daughter or the niece of Manuel. It was pretty stupid. Mm. I mean, yeah. Russell Brand, stupid? Mm. Never. <laughs> Goodness. Um, Shots fired. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Arguably the biggest news story of the year was the global financial crisis, which started Arguably. with... Arguably. <laughs> I mean, Barack Obama got elected president. That's pretty big as well. Uh, but, you know. True, 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 true. Yeah. Um, but this started with the subprime mortgage crisis and continued with banking collapses in Iceland and wrought havoc for years to follow, possibly even still feeling those effects today. Uh, I'd, 100% I'd, still feeling yeah. those effects today. Yeah, and just for people listening in the future, today is uh, May 2021, so quite a yeah. bit in the future. I mean, there are people now who still won't, uh, who still claim that Labour are responsible for the financial cri- crisis, which was just an incredible political assassination by the Conservatives that they're still benefiting from today. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's very true. Oh, deep. Uh, getting a bit deep there. Let's uh, let's lighten it up, shall we? Uh, in related news, both Woolworths and MFI announced they were closing at the end of this year, uh, bringing an end to pick and mix and cheap chipboard furniture. Oh, wait, no. We've got Wilco's and Ikea for that still. So <laughs> we're good. MFI, there's, there's a name I need in ages. I know. Yeah. I'll, and I love a good pick and mix as well. Pick and mix is good. I'm pretty mm. sure that my childhood beds were bought from MFI. Like the really weird, like desk underneath bed yeah yeah like with red and white coloring instead of like nice wood effect that we have now it was all very random and 90s i thought you were gonna say it was bought from woolworths or pick and mix <laughs> don't ask how my brain gets yeah. to that conclusion yeah I, I was going in that same direction it's like i'm pretty sure my childhood bed was made of pick and mix <laughs> it didn't last long <laughs> the pillows are the fried eggs yeah oh, got all don't. sticky um, I'll, I'll start drooling don't say stuff like that <laughs> i want some fried eggs now thanks <laughs> like actual fried eggs or the sweets i'll i'll take whatever i can get at this point Fair enough. <laughs> Fair. okay if you fried eggs in sugar would they taste like pick a mix fried yes. eggs? yes think? yes okay that's how i will that's how i, I make will... them I'll get back to you on that. I'm going to try it. You should. should. Okay, uh, listener, Squidge is staying with me at the moment for reasons that I won't go into. Um, And obviously this means that all of my cookware tomorrow will be ruined. Thank you. (laughs) Big cheesy grin. (laughs) You're welcome, Jay. I'm glad I put that idea into his head. I mean, I needed some new cookware, so that's a great excuse. Science. (laughs) Science. Okay, um, getting towards the end now. Uh, Heath Ledger was the most talked about death in the year, as the actor most famous for his portrayal of the Joker uh, died from an overdose at the age of just 28, which is very sad. Some excellent roles he had too. Not just the Joker, of course. He had a lot of other excellent roles to his name. But anyway, uh, born this year, just to counteract the death there. Uh, I actually found somebody that I kind of know. 
again for the last few years it's been mostly youtube stars tiktok stars you know person born in 2008 is 12 years old so it's getting very difficult to find well-known people but there was one this year and it's an actor uh, by the name of ian armitage best known for hit, for playing sheldon in the big bang theory spin-off young sheldon oh. so there you are uh we are running to 2013 now so i feel this is just going to get really difficult like it's going to become impossible because I will veto the inclusion of influencers and TikTokers as being in any way important enough to mention. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I vetoed that myself already. But yeah, good, yeah, good, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so here's something that came up in discussion the other day between Squidge, myself, and our friend the Bee, and that is um, there will be no one alive, or rather, there are no one. There's no one under the age of 18 who will have known a PS2 when it first came out. They came out that long ago. Yeah, if that don't make you Sorry, feel everyone. <laughs> dear, oh dear. I'm, dear, I'm oh depressed dear. now. I just, yeah. Sorry, everyone. Just, yeah. I mean, that's what this podcast has always been. It's just old people coming to terms with how old they are. That's, I mean, it's, you know, ostensibly it's about gaming, but really it's about our midlife you, crisis. You shave away the layers and the yeah, metaphors. Exactly. That's yeah. what it's all about, yeah. right? I'm just, waiting I'm, gonna, for, I'm just waiting for Andrew to go, right, I'm going to roll credits now, that's it. <laughs> I mean, I could do that. I, I'm actually frantically, like, redoing our description on podcatches. Uh, so it's like, we're a podcast about dealing with midlife crisis. Yeah. <laughs> In the least successful way possible. Because <laughs> why not? Yep. Uh, all right. Um, in the UK, we saw shows like Merlin, The Inbetweeners, Dead Set, Hollyoaks Later... And Alan Carr's Celebrity Ding Dong air for the first time. <laughs> While the, the what? <laughs> Alan yeah, it wasn't the TV Ding show that he uh, he got in front of the camera and uh, no, that that's something else. Isn't it? <laughs> I was going to say, no, even was, if it was a TV show, I've never heard of it. It was Billy Connolly, wasn't it? <laughs> okay. Um, but in America, the likes of Terminator, The Sarah Connor Chronicles, Sons of Anarchy, Fringe, Jurassic Fight Club. And the Real Housewives of Atlanta debuted for the first time. Hmm. So some interesting ones. I've never heard of Jurassic Fight Club. Neither have I. I want to watch it now. Is that dinosaurs reenacting the film Fight Club? I hope so. So do I. That's something I want to watch now. That would be fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so I have to ask, right? So there's um, unrelated, but it will be related in a moment. The the very first episode of Archer, which some people like, some people don't. Um, they they made a version of the first episode replacing the main character Archer with a Velociraptor. <laughs> All of his lines are <laughs> right. So is Jurassic Fight Club, Fight Club as Steve said, Fight Club with dinosaurs, but they all go <laughs> all the way through the movie. But, I, with, but with subtitles yes what, yes. what so i like because otherwise i mean i don't speak dinosaur you I have to you know speak. you have to be able to read the polemic on capitalism you have to understand what's going on <laughs> see i i just imagine you know those blow up t-rex suits that you can wear <laughs> it's just people with different headbands on in a wrestling ring slapping each other because they can't see what they're doing i'd like lo- i'd love to think it's that if that I, doesn't I, exist squidge we need to make it happen yeah. <laughs> I would watch either of those. They sound yeah. great. I'm, I'm unfortunately now thinking of the Brad Pitt, Helena Bonham Carter sex scene. But <laughs> actually, that by Velociraptors. 
I apologise for that image. That Don't Google heads. that sentence, what he just said. <laughs> and if you do, please let us know if it exists, because I need to see that myself. Yeah. And uh, link it. I am at Steve Jack on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Rule 34, folks. Rule 34. Oh, dear. Um... <laughs> At the movies, <laughs> uh, we were watching Cloverfield, Mamma Mia, The Dark Knight, Quantum of Solace, and the Sex and the City movie, uh, which I quite liked. I know it's not everybody's cup of tea. The second one was a pile of shite, uh, but I didn't mind the first one. Was that the official subtitle, Sex and the City, a pile of shite? Yes, it was indeed. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and uh, lastly, in music, let's take a look. A look. I don't know what a look is. Let's take a look. <laughs> at the top 10 singles of the year from the UK and wonder what was wrong with people. Yes. Um, so at number 10 uh, was Black and Gold by Sam Sparrow, which I quite liked, actually. That was an all right song. Uh, number nine was Four Minutes by Madonna featuring Justin Timberlake. No, Madonna. No, no. Trying to be R&B. Just don't. Don't. Please don't. Um, number eight, Now You're Gone, which was Bass Hunter featuring DJ Me- Mental Theo. Okay. Uh, number seven, Sex on Fire by Kings of Leon. Uh, that's Gosh. all right. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Uh, number six, American Boy Estelle featuring Kanye West. Number five, num- uh, I, I, I don't even really want to mention this one, <clears throat> but I'm going to have to. Number five, Rockstar by Nickelback. <laughs> I'm sorry. That'll be in your head now. <laughs> you should be sorry for mentioning that. I know. <laughs> We thought we'd escaped it, but <laughs> number four, I Kissed a Girl by Katy Perry. Uh, I had to put Katy Perry in there. That was not a statement. Number three, uh, Mercy by Duffy. So also a good song. Uh, number two, Hero by the X Factor finalists. That is Hero, the Mariah Carey slash. What's the guy's name? Nielsen? The guy originally said. No, no, that's without you. I'm thinking I'm getting mm. songs confused now. Hero by no Mariah Carey. Doesn't matter. It's Hero by Mariah. I'm having having Jay and Squidge on has completely messed up my thinking here because I'm just going into tangents myself, like randomly. <laughs> Maybe that was part of our plan. Mm, <laughs> it's a hostile takeover. That's it what is. this is. In next hostile. episode in is uh, <laughs> the Waffling Taylors do DCY will be the uh, the next episode. That sounds like a porno. Uh, and <laughs> thanks for that. <laughs> Welcome. Number one on the song list was Hallelujah by Alexandra Burke, which was the cover of Jeff Buckley slash who originally did it? Mm. Cohen, Leonard Cohen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. I was just going to say that um, uh, I feel like I may be on the outlier here, but I feel like Hallelujah as a song needs to stop being played everywhere, like as of mm. five years ago. Because I feel like it's been played to it's, death. Yes, as a song, it's 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 okay, it's good, it's a good song. Mm. But yeah, all of its uh, you know impact has been thoroughly wrung out of it. And mm. if anybody plays it unironically at this point, they're making a mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. I yeah. will. Uh, I'll have to delete that from my playlist then. Thanks for that. <laughs> You're allowed to play it for yourself, just you know, in culture generally. Like if you hear no, it in a no, film Steve, or on Steve, TV. Dig up, dig up, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Glad you said it. I wasn't going <laughs> to. <laughs> All right. That was 2008 in a nutshell. 
It was an interesting year. It's pretty I good. Do you know what? We've had we've had worse years for songs. We have, yeah, we have. Yeah. And for things in general. I mean, to be fair, the financial crisis maybe not the best. Well, yeah, um, we've had much darker years. I mean, some years you're like, this song came out, this song came out, also Harold Chipman. And it's a real, like... <laughs> real hard turn that that takes but yeah. 2008 wasn't too bad that sounds yeah. like a very strange tweet right there <laughs> this song this song also harold shipman <laughs> hashtag shittish year ever <laughs> you need to do that in uh what was his what was the guy's name he used to do like uh he was on the oh, you're gonna have to call this out because i can't remember tony is it tony blackburn used to be like oh number 10 at number five you have to do it in his voice <laughs> this song came out and then this song came out also harold shipman <laughs> delicious that was a good way to restructure that section andrew i hope you're making notes okay i am making notes <laughs> we're gonna hire somebody who sounds like that person just to do that section entirely all right got it yeah absolutely Bye. i mean it doesn't that's just, you just click a button don't you it's 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 all automatic uh, that's how I edit stuff. It's automatic. <laughs> I send it over to Squidge and he takes care of it. Yeah, it's going to say it's not automatic. I do everything. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I, be, I should be sending all this to Steve then to edit, shouldn't I? Hmm. <laughs> His reaction. You can if you want, but <laughs> don't get excited about the outcome. Okay, <laughs> sure. We'll see. We'll see. Um, all right. Now let's get to the real meat of DCY, and that is the games, of course. We'll be discussing a few today, although I know that there are many, many more that came out in 2008 that we probably won't get to. So please do let us know on Twitter when we post about this, or in Discord if you're listening on Radio Sega. Let us know what games we didn't bring up that you think we should have done, and uh, we can have a chat about those as well on social media. Wouldn't that be nice? lovely mm. let's do that uh but the ones we want to chat about or specifically me because i pick the games because yeah uh, we're going to go into those now um the ones that we are chatting about today then will decide whether they were a game a game changer or a bit shit which is what we've been doing from the beginning so why change now and uh, like 2007 i have decided that we'll do a bit of a battle to start off with uh, between a few games and then we'll end with some honorable mentions so let's start i guess are we ready we're we ready to go mm-hmm. awesome so the first thing we're going to talk about so last time we had the big shooters that came out in 2007 but kind of a, a pattern that i noticed for 2008 it was that there were quite a few games that were the fourth in the series that came out in 2008 so we're going to have a battle of the fours there are four fours I'm going to say four a lot here be prepared so the four fours that came out in 2008 were grand theft auto 4 metal gear solid 4 guns of the patriots am i thinking is that the correct uh, yeah title? that's correct yeah uh devil may cry 4 and soul caliber 4 so four big games all the fourth in their franchise i need to stop saying four i'm going to confuse myself let's discuss the first one which is grand theft auto big game right it was a big game yeah very big game yeah i've mentioned it before it's my favorite grand theft auto game i, so I think it's mine also yeah totally biased here um squidge how do you feel about gta 4 um i mean i'll start off by saying hey cousin do you want to go bowling um <laughs> i think grand theft auto 4 i tried it um it was such a departure from the previous Grand Theft Auto, which I played, which I loved, which was Vice City, that mm. I spent most of my time, actually a hell of a lot of my time, watching the adverts in the um, apartment at the beginning. 
I just kept watching them because I thought they were hilarious. And then I spent most of my time just breaking into cars. Um, That's quite a door in a nutshell, I, right? <laughs> I didn't play the story. I was just whizzing around. So I'm pretty sure I've missed a lot of it. But mm. from what I have played of it, it's pretty big. It's pretty expansive. The map is massive, which was, um, you know, a new thing at the time. But I just spent a lot of my time just, there's no other way to say it, just dicking around. Sit, stealing stuff, crashing stuff, shooting mm-hmm. people in the game, obviously. Um, Good. That, Good that was about it. Yeah, just a quick clarification. It was yeah. it was all in game, honest. <laughs> Still haven't found me. Um, but yeah, it was. I, I just spent my time dicking around in the game. <laughs> That's all I did. That's fair enough. It's it's a big sandbox, really, isn't it? It's a, like it's a toy box for criminals, I suppose. Um, but. When you talk about the map, the map was, I mean, it was big, like it was a great representation of Liberty City, which in turn is a great facsimile of New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you compare it to the game that came before, which was San Andreas, it was actually fairly small, I guess, but incredibly detailed in comparison. Yes. Um, Steve? Mm. I know that you're a huge GTA yeah. fan, so... Yeah, so lots of lots of san andreas was taken up by this like the state so it was a lot of like places in between so while gta 4 was smaller it was all city so um you know it kind of felt it felt bigger and more detailed but yeah no i absolutely love this game easily my favorite i haven't played it in a while um i assume it holds up i don't know but it's like 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 squid said it was a it's a huge departure from the previous game um it feels it feels completely different to the three vice city and san andreas um there's slightly more animation priorities so everything feels like it's got a lot more weight it feels a lot less arcadey the driving model feels a lot weightier um and the cars can have like they take damage in real time really well and everything just feels extremely detailed and like running someone over in san andreas is like a cartoon but when you when you when you hit someone with your car in gta 4 their glasses come off and their coffee cup goes flying and that euphoria ragdoll physics engine makes you feel guilty about it that doesn't stop you from doing it but it's it feels so much more weighty and realistic and i absolutely loved it a lot of people kind of missed the arcadey feel of the previous ones but i didn't at all i thought this was fantastic (laughs) And yeah, I just played it for hours and hours and hours. And there are a few better places to dick about in a game than in a GTA game. And this one is is just is great. It's great. And Liberty City, man, I th- it's the best setting. A big part of the reason why I think it's better than GTA 5 is just because Lib- 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 Liberty City is a better setting yeah. than any other GTA game. And also, like, I don't know how deliberate it was. But the main character is Nico Bellic, who is a who is an immigrant of like vague Eastern European origin. And Liberty City is like this um, satire of Americana, but it's like everything dialed up to 11 or 20. It's like dialed way up to like 20. And because you're playing an immigrant, everything is as crazy to you as it would be if you were an immigrant, if that makes sense. Mm hmm. Like you get fresh off the boat and you get into a car and immediately your senses are attacked by this ridiculous American style advertisements and DJs and billboards and shit with things like America's next top hooker 
and <laughs> TV channels called CNT, and it's all completely absurd. And yeah. I think, you know, the idea there is, I think, is that as an immigrant, you know, you are as blindsided and shocked by that as the as the immigrant is, if that makes sense. I don't know if that was deliberate, but I think it was very, very clever if it was. Steve, yeah. just a really quick question I've got to ask. You mentioned coffee cups and glasses. Were you just taking people out that were sat outside of cafes? Because that's what I got from you. Well, that's you see, that? they're standing still there, so it's easier. All <laughs> oh, right. And okay. usually they're in like Easy a line, target. and you can just kind of drive through, you know. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. Um, the big thing for me at the time was that I think this was the first game that I played on my HD TV. Like I bought a HD HD TV. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, which was crazy, and it looked so good. Um, Jay, do you have many memories of GTA 4? So uh, I think that whilst Vice City is my favourite, or should I say, sorry, Grand Theft Auto Scarface is my favourite, mm-hmm. um, because let's face it, it is just Rockstar North doing Scarface, right? That is my favourite one. Um, GTA 4, I think, is where at least the GTA team um, hit the nail on the head. It, it is, as Steve was saying, it's, it, it's a, a perfect version of I am a stranger in a strange land. Mm-hmm. And look at how strange this land is. And the, um, uh, like you were saying there, Steve, whilst the horizontal scale of the area wasn't as big, the vertical scale was. Yeah, it it, it maps almost perfectly what you might see in your head uh, when you think of New York City. Right? You think skyscrapers. You think really tall buildings. You think people standing around with coffee cups you think hey i'm walking here you know i don't know whether that's racist <laughs> or not so please feel free to cut that out it's not it's um, not you fine <laughs> <laughs> fair enough right but you, that that that's what you see and that's what you think and and you look at pictures of like times square and it is signs everywhere for you know america's next big toilet or whatever right it is it is exactly that sorry i stole your joke but even so <laughs> but, but that's what it that's what it's like and i think i think they really captured that really well and and for me i think it is the best of the whilst vice city is my favorite i think that four is the best yes there were lots of memes and jokes about hey do you want to go bowling hey do you want to go do this hey do you want to go do that but i was in a very similar situation in 2008 when i was in japan and people were like hey do you want to go to an izakaya hey do you want to go to a karaoke place so i like i get that what mm. they were going for yeah. so i totally mm. understand that as a stranger in a strange land that is what it's like if you know people there and it just it just fits almost perfectly and like you were saying steve the the, the physics the ragdolling the, the just the feel of the game as you were playing it 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 feels better it feels more like an actual hey when i push the accelerator you know the car actually takes off and you know i can feel the controller going and it it, it feels like i'm there without actually being there it's more immersive i guess yeah, is what i'm trying to say yeah yeah, mm. yeah. All right, let's move on to the next four in our list. And this is one I haven't played much of. I think I've only played the opening 30 minutes of. Uh, that's Metal Gear Solid 4. And this is a this is a weird-ass Metal Gear Solid game, right? Like, it is the weirdest, weirdest. of them. Yeah. yeah I was going to say, Metal Gear Solid and weird, aren't they all weird? Like... I mean, yeah. <laughs> they're, all, they're all weird. That should tell you just how weird this one is, because it, is, it is easily the weirdest one. <laughs> this is am i right in thinking so this is solid snake essentially as an old man or yeah. is it big boss am i think I can't no no it is solid, solid snake, solid snake. Yeah. Yeah. his code name in this game is old snake okay <laughs> clever it's the kind of nominative determinism that kojima goes to lean on very heavily in every other game he's ever made mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but it was it was like he was going for something like huge and pretty epic with this, right? Like it was it it was it was about the battlefield. It was the battlefield that he reconcentrated on because Solid Snake or sorry, Old Snake was basically thrust into this like futuristic battlefield as soon as you started the game, from what I recall. And it's heavily features cigarettes. I remember there was a there was a game mechanic that centered around smoking. I'm trying to remember. I've only played 30 minutes of this, but um, it was something to do with lasers. I don't know. I mean, that's that's just that Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> I think it is mechanics, yeah. but um, and lots of crawling and crouching to get through things. I recall, like that was my main memory of the game is having to crouch to get through walls and then move on to to avoid robots. Yeah. So yeah, I I that's all I can give you. So I'm going to hand the floor over to the three of you to tell me about Metal Gear Solid Four. Um, the the robots mood like cows. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, it's I mean, the it's a it's a very I like so I'm a big MGS fan and I like this game. I would like them to re-release this game because I would like to play through this game again and I currently yeah. don't have a way of doing that. But it's also probably my least favorite MGS game. It does so much wrong in terms of being an MGS game that is just disappointing um it's so it, it starts off really strong like the game opens up with like tv channels that you can flick through dynamically and i think they were going for like a kind of like paul verhoeven movie style thing where they're like yo the future is whack and here's your insight <laughs> into how weird it is and then it turns out that everything is militarized and it's like a military a, it's like a war economy dystopia and everyone's fighting wars in poor countries with private military companies and that's the big kind of that's the big concept behind this whole game and you need to stop it but as it unfolds it just turns into like them trying to answer every question they ever asked with the previous games and in the previous games a lot of the themes were like clever and baked into the story and the story was interesting and it was always about the characters more than anything else but in this game they're like we have to answer who the patriots are and we have to give everyone an origin story and we have to reference everything that happened in the first three games to the point where it just starts to feel a bit eye-rolly and fan servicey it's mm. incredibly well made and it's not to say that it isn't fun it's not a fun it's a really fun ride but it just kind of misses the mark on what i like it's Kojima was supposed to be done after MGS2, but then he went on to make three, and then he said, okay, now I'm actually done. I'm done now. But then there was such a demand for four, and it kind of feels like he was sort of going through the motions with four, and it just kind of turned into a fan service thing. So I love it, but it's deeply, deeply flawed. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, Squidge, is this one that you've played? I've played this a hell of a lot. To a mm. point where I had multiple playthroughs, just trying to unlock the bandana and the stealth suit, and it never happened because it's so difficult to get the requisite amount of credits to actually buy the damn things. Um, I mean, to put it into perspective, there is a good 36 hours solid of cutscenes <laughs> because the first time I played it, it was like almost 40 hours worth. And then because I've already seen the story, so I skipped everything and my gameplay went into three and a half hours because I knew what to do. So it was 
that's a really key flaw as well is that like mgs games are always thick with cutscenes, but they've mm. always been fun to watch yeah whereas in mgs4 a lot of them are kind of a slog yeah it's um you, you're right when you say they're trying to tie up a lot of loose ends it's sort of a, a recurring theme is snake you're getting older yeah i know <laughs> so you, you keep getting older i know you're really old i know you're still fighting in battlefields i know you know it's um but with, with that it's it's strange because you've got a lot of fan service but then you've got a lot of weird levity to it so a lot of the the bosses that you fight during it is the um the different emotions like rage laughter and mm-hmm. i can't remember the other ones but if you have a camera and you're walking away from them after you beat them because you've got after you beat them you've got to beat them in their like normal battle suit and if you have a camera and you keep walking backwards the game shifts into a photo shoot and they'll do like sexy but bunny quote sexy poses where you can take pictures and stuff and then when you put the camera away you go back into the battle huh. yes and there's there's more weird huh. stuff i didn't yeah. i didn't know that yeah, I found that out by accident, and then on my next replay, I thought, do all of them do it? Yes, they do. Um, I'll just See, answer that, that right. That kind of sucks too, because those they're supposed to be the game is about war, and those boss battles are supposed to be I don't know about PTSD or something, yeah. right? Because they're if, all messed up because of their time in war. Yeah. So it kind of cheapens that whole theme by making it into a photo shoot with sexy well, ladies. Well, <laughs> the, if I remember correctly, those all of those bosses. Their, their models were based on actual models. Um, oh, oh, if I oh, I see. Correctly. Okay. So I think it's sort of like a little Easter egg of their models. Why don't you take pictures of models? Um, and it's just... The game is... It's fun. And there's all sorts of stuff to unlock. Uh, but it's... it's First time you play it, it's really interesting. And now the cap it off is quite nice. But it's one of those, there's always a but you've got the mooing robots and there's still a vampire in it. Mm -hmm. Um, Mailing, they're brought back just as a sudden commander of a naval ship. You've got a ship that's got Ocelot's face on it, crashing towards you. Oh, that's right. It's like a Mount Rushmore thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's got some really cool moments, like you go back to, I mean, spoiler warning, sorry. Um, You go back to Shadow Moses Island, which is Mm -hmm. sinking. You yeah. have to take control of Metal Gear Rex to fight Ocelot, uh, which was really cool. Um, but apart from that, it's sort of... I don't know. its It does get more bizarre towards the end of the game as they're trying to shoehorn everything in. Not saying it's not a bad game, but I prefer like the first half where it's ramping up. Yes. When you get to the part where it's like, here's everything, it's going to get really intense then that's where the wackiness and the insaneness comes in. Yeah. And it's... Because the, the the first half of the game is far more of the sort of stealthy, sandboxy type thing that you might expect, mm. but then it becomes very on rails and it's, it's just a shooter at uh, some 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 point. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. But it's, it is a, a really good game. It's if you want to cap off the, the Metal Gear Solid story without going past it to like Phantom Pain and whatever else they're going to come up with, I'm assuming, pachinko machines. Um, <laughs> it's it's a really good capper on it, but there still is some questions it leaves, which is weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. And Jay, have you played this one? Uh, I have. And, and what else? I'll caveat by saying I think this is one of the most 
technically beautiful games on the PS3. Flower took that title, right? Flower is the most beautiful game on on the PS3. But I think, and and, and I realize I'm saying that about a game which focuses on war and the battlefield. But I think just like the the graphical quality of the game, brilliant, amazing. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. And I believe it was for. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Where like when you because you had to install it, right? And while you were installing it, you'd get Solid Snake having a cigarette, and he'd be like, "Yeah." Sorry to keep you waiting, you know that kind of thing, and that that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I, I, it it felt very much like um, Kojima was trying to hit you over the head with war equals bad, okay? War equals bad, which, like you said, Steve, um, Paul Verhoeven has been doing since the eighties, and yes, other, mm-hmm. other I'm not going to gain any friends here, but other better creators have been doing that a lot longer than than Kojima has tried to do it. Um, I personally think that he jumped the shark at the end of the first game um, because, I mean, the second one had a person who who was convinced that they were immortal because they were wearing an electromagnetic belt. You had a vampire in the second one. Well, she didn't know she was wearing the electric... Mm. She thought she was immortal, but then only transpired later. But then somehow she actually is immortal, even though she took the electromagnetic belt off. So look, (laughs) you're right. The previous games are, you know, are are also as, as bonkers, but they're, they're a lot more fun than 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 four is, which I think is the key difference for me. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Sorry. Go on. No, no, I, I I agree completely. There's something fun about um, trying to stealth your way into somewhere. And, and, you know, like, uh, like Andrew said, you know, spending a lot of time crawling around on your belly, like a snake you know because you said there steve you know it's it um kojima wants to be very literal with his character names and solid snake is indeed a solid form of a snake you know it's 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 quite literally that that's why he's Mm -hmm. called that because they couldn't call him snake pliskin although that's his actual name because then more people would realize that the first game is just escape from new york slash la but the way that um kojima would have told it so it's like yeah I, I get why you're doing it but yeah it, it's it's a it's a pretty game and if you want to see something if you want to see an example of what the ps3 hardware could produce definitely check it out but don't expect it to be a lot of fun for a long time <laughs> is what i'll say fair enough fair enough i struggled to play one and two so four seems like it's gonna i'm gonna have to like have a lot of resolve to play that game but I, what I do remember, and this is my own, my final memory of this game before we move on to the next one, is the the main theme for the game, which I thought was actually a very, very good song. It, mm. I remember it, but I couldn't remember the lyrics, and I've just found the lyrics. And it may be the most depressing song I've ever heard in my life. I'm going to read you the lyrics. There's not many. Get ready to be depressed. We've already done this once, but I'm going to do it with lyrics now. Mm. Um, Closing my eyes to the sound of gunfire, uttering a howl, in a flash, I am switched into despair. Everything for the one who lives inside a nightmare. Missing you from the bottom of my heart. Wishing for the world that ran out of tears. My heart is already dead. The hope, missing you so much it hurts. <laughs> hey, Macarena. <laughs> exactly. It is. Like, it's bad. There's, there's Hebrew lyrics as well, which I can't read because they're in Hebrew. And then there's, like, another version where an English-speaking person translated it into a little bit more, which it weirdly seems worse. Uh, <laughs> so it's somebody called Do- Donna Burke who did, like, um, a version of the song for one of, like, a vocal soundtrack. 
but they did and her lyrics are I've got to close my eyes from the howling roar of guns screaming then suddenly I'm thrown into despair I'm giving everything to the souls in this nightmare I miss you from the depths of all my heart aching for a world empty of war and bitter tears hearts so dead I'm cold from the pain of missing you oh the pain war bad <laughs> you need trigger warnings now you realize that right i know i'm sorry all right let's <laughs> to, move on to, to, to cleanse your palate listeners go away and listen to the snaky main theme now oh yes, yes. that's Very hell of a true. tune now that mm. is great um all right moving on to devil may cry 4 i have to admit that i've not really i think beyond the opening section i haven't played this so I can't say much about it, but I, I do have a fondness of Devil May Cry games. I just never really seem to get on with them very well when I play them, which doesn't sound like I have a fondness for them. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do I do enjoy them. Um, is anybody a fan of Devil May Cry 4? Silence. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, the, the only thing I really remember about, about this one is that the graphics were incredibly good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like Dove, Devil May Cry games. I'm not a super fan or anything, but this one, sadly, I didn't really, I didn't spend a lot of time with, I'm afraid. So I can say the graphics were good, but that's about it. Fair. Is that the same for both of you guys? Uh, DMC4 passed me by, I have to Ooh. say. Um, I remember the first one. That's great. Because that was originally going to be Resident Evil 4. Mm, um, yeah. But yeah, DMC4, I, I, could, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> there you go, Squidge. Um, I'm going to sound really childish here, but I spent most of my time at the beginning part when you play as Nero just revving his sword up. <laughs> um, that was the gameplay for me. Um, I, I tend not to do well with Devil May Cry games because it's all about being stylish, and I always get the worst grade and just barely scrape through any area that I'm in on the mm. lowest difficulty. So, I, I, again, I like the games. I'm completely shit at them. Um, but see my previous statement about Blue Stinger. So I can quite happily sit there and play the game and get my ass kicked and still go, oh, yeah, but I can still rev the sword. I'm cool. I'm good. So I did try it. I didn't get very far. But, Fair enough. Just, yeah. just, so just, you... oh, just okay. underlining masochist in my notes. <laughs> Uh, see, I was going to say, so what you need, Squidge, is for Capcom to release a game where all you do is have a sword which has an engine on it that you just press L1, R1 or whatever to rev. So you want oh. a chainsaw simulator, essentially. Yeah. Instant game of the year for me. Right. Oh, right. The sword the sword has an engine on it. I thought that was a euphemism that you were using. No, no, no. It's you, you rev the sword. Mm-hmm. As, you've, you've lost year now. You rev the sword <laughs> and the next attack you do, it produces flames. But you've got to rev the sword up to get that flaming attack. Got you, got you, got you. A lot more damage. So it wasn't a euphemism, but if it helps, think of it as a euphemism and really get the underlines of masochists going. Okay, cool. Got it. I thought you'd said that it it wasn't a euphemism, but if it helps, think of it as a ukulele. (laughs) I'm just saying that that does help actually. (laughs) Modders get on that. Devil May Cry 4, where you attack with a ukulele. I think this is the most bizarre episode of DCY we've done ever. It's up there. It's You're up welcome. there. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's an interesting way to... Um, interesting final guests. Uh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, last game, because we don't have too much to say about Devil May Cry 4. It's Soul Calibur 4. Do we have any more to say about this than we do Devil May Cry 4? <laughs> Not from me. <laughs> 
Jay? I mean, I feel like all of the Soul Calibur games are great for if you have a bunch of people around and you want to have pizza and a fighting tournament, and they're great for that. But mm-hmm. as a long term, I'm going to like it's the same thing that Tekken and, and Street Fighter, I feel like maybe less so Street Fighter, the the Tekken series, the Soul Calibur series, they're very they have a very specific niche. And that is you're at an arcade playing against someone else or you're at home playing against someone else, right? No one's going to play a Soul Calibur game or a Tekken game for the story. And the same with Mortal Kombat, right? So I think whilst... Because, like, technically, it is amazing. It was released on all three formats at the time, and they all had effectively the same character sets and extra bonus ones per, like, console race. I believe it was the Switch... Not Switch. Wow! Steady on. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Steady on. Here we go. No, I believe it was the Nintendo GameCube one that had Yoda, and the PlayStation had Darth Vader. It would have been beyond GameCube by this point. It would have been Wii... I don't think okay. it was on the Wii. Fair enough, the Wii then. Uh, you see, that's it. I'm getting Nintendo soup just thinking it was, about it. It was PS3 and X, Xbox 360, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm sure that there was a Nintendo release. Was there not? Okay, fair enough. For, for four, maybe not. Oh. oh. It, it goes to show how how much we know about this so, game so and how much we played thing. it. Like, I'm sure this game's great because it's a Soul Calibur game and the Soul Calibur games are great. And yeah. the reason why I don't have anything to say about it is not because I think it's shit or anything like that. I just they just blend into them. They 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 just blend together. And four yeah. doesn't stand out to me personally uh, as being something that I have anything really specific, you know, to say about yeah. it. Uh, weird, I can it? I can confirm that it was only released on the PlayStation Three and the 360. Interestingly, mm. fair enough. I must be yeah. confusing it with Soul Calibur Three. Then I do See, apologize. There you go. Well, no, no. I mean that 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 just reinforces what I've just said. Mm. It's like yeah. it doesn't really matter because you don't remember it between three and four. Well, even even weird. Uh, Soul Calibur Three was only on the PS2. It was a Sony exclusive. Soul, uh, Soul Calibur Five may be the one you're thinking of. The, you see, you see, there you go. I I do know that there was a Nintendo release for one of them, and it yeah. wouldn't have been Soul Calibur because I Second feel one. like that was Dreamcast only. Yes, it was. Soul Calibur Two was on GameCube, and that had Link as the exclusive character. You see, that's yeah, where I'm had... confusing it. It's Soul Calibur Two that I'm thinking of. The, right, the, the, the cube had Link. The Xbox had Spawn, and mm-hmm. the PS2 had Hihachi from Tekken. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, but anything after two, yeah, just blend in. And even six, which is the newest Soul Calibur game, it's all right, but it is just more of the same. Mm. Um, and it's it, it's a shame because Soul Calibur is is a great series, and of course they're all going to play well. You're going to have fun, but you don't just want like it. It it's kind of becomes the FIFA thing, right? Where it's just like same game slightly improved graphics slightly improved roster and it's like okay great but you need to up your game really otherwise people are just going to forget it like we just have <laughs> we can't think <laughs> I, of anything i yeah. do remember with soul Calibur four if it's the one where you had yoda darth vader and someone else which i can't remember mm. um i remember i that that saved me from becoming an absolute dick because when when I played it and I had friends around, they were very competitive. And there's one character in particular that I'm I'm not tooting my own horn here, but when I play as Tacky, the ninja, um, I've played as Tacky on all the Soul Soul Edge Soul Calibers, and I pretty much know the move set. And it was a case of we had a thing where it was winner stays on, and one person was getting way too big for the britches and i remember sitting there at a friend's house and i just said i'll have a go 
and they, they chose the same person. They were bashing the same button, same moves. And I hovered over Taki and selected it, and Jay from the other end room was, he just went, oh, shit. <laughs> and I, I won the first round, lost the second one, and they were spamming the same move. And in the last 10 seconds, I kicked the living shit out of them. And I just said, right, I'm done. I'm the winner. No, 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 I'll choose someone else. No, I'm done. I walk away champ. I've done this. You know? <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I... I on, t- on top of that as well, the amount of people that I played that were competitive that I was going to punch because they had that that frame of mind and then I took them down a peg. It saved me battering a lot of people in real life, Good. put it that way. Yeah. So it, it helped more than it hindered, although people did have some very choice words for me when I did that kind of <laughs> stuff. Uh. <laughs> Interesting. Cool. Um, all right, let's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kind of like taking a step back from the mic, like oh, don't piss Squidge off. <laughs> Not unless um, there isn't a Soul Calibur game in the room, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so those are all the fours that we're talking about today. Out of those, which is the best? Jay. Uh, sorry, I'm gone. I don't know. Please uh, go, Steve. I don't. I don't mind. I mean, I, I know that I know that Andrew's in charge, but. You started chatting before he said Jay, right? Uh, I'll change it. Steve. Oh, uh, oh, yes. Thank you for coming to me first. Uh, it is uh, it's Grand Theft Auto 4. Okay. Very, very fair. Jay? Yeah, it's got to be GTA 4 um, for the reasons that I said, right? It's, it's Rockstar hitting the nail on the head and really creating. Because, like, wasn't it after this that Mafia 2 came out and then Mafia 3? Because I feel like they were a huge step up from Mafia 1. Yeah, rather mafia because of gta 4 true very true uh squidge what about you what would you say i'd say gta 4 but just for the level of dickatry i could cause and the carnage <laughs> was a, a lot more fun than vice city in san andreas mm-hmm. it was as, especially with you turn up you're you're foreign to this land let's just nick a car and cause chaos um there's, there's there's a pattern re-emerging for yeah, why I like games. Does um, um, but... does does running someone over in GTA 4 stop you from doing it in real life? I, I could incriminate myself uh, with my answer here. Um, I mean, he doesn't drive in real life, so maybe. no, I'm not allowed to drive in real life. So it's <laughs> it's um the it's, courts took away that right from you. Yeah, I, I, it's yeah, the record no sealed. I can't say anything. Um, but. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't run anyone over in real life, but in GTA 4, try and stop me. Uh, <laughs> essentially, another underline there, Steve. Another underline. No, no, no. I'm adding. I'm adding to my notes. Say oh. this. <laughs> <laughs> you're just pointing out my best features. That's all you're doing. Yeah, are you reading his Tinder profile? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> all right. So, I mean, I'm going to agree. Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto 4. Can I just say, Grand Theft Orc 4 would be amazing. Is that where you steal orcs? Like, is that... Yeah. (laughs) Okay, somebody make it, please. Although you need to make one through three first. So... Or you could just do a George Lucas and start at number four. Just about to say that, yeah. That is true. That's true. Grand Theft Orc 4, A New Hope. (laughs) (laughs) New trope. (laughs) Uh, somebody needs to make a cover for this now. Tristan made a cover for Swery Immortal Vampire 2, so I feel like we need a cover for Grand Theft Orc 4. <laughs> um, put it on a t-shirt. There you go. Excellent. Uh, so 
there we go then grand theft auto 4 is the best of the fours and indeed i would i would assume we're going to say it's a game changer as well right yeah absolutely yeah yeah so that's that's the battle of the fours let's move on to some of the other games we're going to chat about um and the first one being one that i'm particularly enamored with uh, and that is dead space for playstation 3 xbox 360 great game at one point i did mention all the platforms and when they released i just stopped doing that i just couldn't be bothered you can look it up on google <laughs> it's uh, easy to find uh so dead space then this redefined horror games for me i think i feel like this it, it tapped into something that previously only the alien franchise had um gotten out of me in terms of horror and uh, that mix of horror and sci-fi was incredible up to this point in games it had just been resident evil silent hill which are fantastic amazing games but this was like a combination of survival horror with action with sci-fi and they did it so incredibly well um so this was visceral studios is that am i thinking correctly yes um visceral games and they they just hit the nail on the head for me like the uss ishimura is like emblazoned in my mind as this horrific place that no one should ever go to but also do go to because it's really fun uh to shoot the limbs off aliens and to like follow this amazing story of um isaac and his isaac clark who's named after two sci-fi authors which is also very awesome um and just follow his story and it also led to dead space 2 which is probably one of my favorite horror games of all time uh so therefore this one i kind of owes a big debt um to horror games going forward or horror sorry horror games going forward owe a big debt to dead space mm-hmm. is what i mean jay is this a game that you enjoy oh uh, absolutely absolutely i uh I remember when it first came out, I didn't play it on release, but I remember watching uh, Squidge and I's mutual friend, The Bee, play it and just watching him freak out as he kept getting like jump scare after jump scare. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I don't think it's funny when people suffer with jump scares, but just like um, watching him work his way through it and then get to, I believe it's in the first one where you have to crawl through a nursery and mm. just get to that. No, or is it the that second one? the second one with the nursery. Mm. Oh, yeah, okay, fair enough. Well, okay. So my my recollection of those two is a bit a little bit mixed. But at least I didn't say Dead Space Three, which we can all agree didn't exist, right? Mm. <laughs> it gets a bad rep that game, which is it's partially deserved, but I think I it's mean, better than shoot some people say it is. <laughs> oh, the story's garbage. No, absolutely, I agree with you. The story is nonsense. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just uh, I, it like you like you were saying, Andrew. It kind of redefined what sci-fi horror could be, and I do think that. Were it not for Dead Space, Alien Isolation wouldn't exist. And I know they're completely different sort of styles of first-person games, but without proving that there was a a market for science fiction horror games in the 21st century, Alien Isolation would never never have happened, right? Mm-hmm. I think I think that's fair to say, yeah. Yeah. Very fair to say. So Squidge, obviously, Jay's just given away. You have played this game. Um, yes, I have. I'd just like to mention I didn't freak out off Lil. That was the B. Okay. Um, and and not mentioning names, although his name might have already just been said. I I remember so one of my friends, Nojo Nojo Wink Wink, who I just mentioned, um, saying that he was he was playing the game, 
and he got to a specific part where the first time the tentacle smashes through the hull and grabs you. Mm-hmm. And he threw the pad in the air and screamed like a girl, his words, to which point it was either one or two women walked in the room, looked at him weird and started giggling at him. And he mm-hmm. told me after that he watched someone else play it because he couldn't complete it by himself. Um, and then enough. when he got to the second Dead Space game, he would only play it if it was on voice chat with people, which was really weird because he get, oh yeah, I'm just going to, ah, yeah, I'll, I'll saw you there. It's all right. I'm going to shoot you now. What the? Hey, but um, yeah, Dead Space. It's very atmospheric. That's what it brought back the atmosphere, the tension. Um, at least the first time you play it. Second time round, you know what you know what you're in for. But um, yeah, it was very atmospheric, and at the very least, I loved knocking enemies onto certain environmental hazards and watch them go flying. Mm-hmm. Um, the telekinesis was a good touch. Knowing that you couldn't upgrade everything through playthrough, so you had to chop and choose so it was it was as hard as you wanted to make it essentially yeah um with your loadout and choice i mean i didn't make it easy for myself i just used the standard plasma cutter all the way through which made boss battles interesting <laughs> so <at> least. Uh, <laughs> well. but yeah it was um it was an interesting game i think i got it on all formats eventually just because i loved it so much um yeah, it was just you, you. Once you go through it, you kind of have a vague idea where things are going to come from, and then some grabs you and snaps you in half from behind, which you didn't see. Uh, <laughs> which is always fun when you're trying to play it on harder difficulties in one playthrough and not saving. Um, not saying I raged out about that, but I did. Uh, but yeah, so Dead Space. Exactly it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Dead Space was a trendsetter. Indeed. A definite. Yeah. Steve. Mm. Yeah, I I really I really liked this game. I actually credit this game with um like getting me into horror games. I I loved horror games previous to this, but I always used to watch other people play them. And Dead Space was the first one that I just sort of said, you know, stop being a coward and play these games because they're amazing. And I really really enjoyed it. It's fantastic. In fact, I think I started playing this when Dead Space Two came out. And then I, so I picked this up and two, and then I, I I I waited to play two until I finished the first one, and man, it was just a blast. It was fantastic, and it can't it can't be the first horror game set in space, but it kind of feels like it is. It feels like it's the first horror game in space that they really went for and really really executed incredibly well on. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because it's uh it feels like it feels survival horror. Um, but it's it's more of an action game, really. Um, obviously, like um, like Squidge was saying, you can't upgrade ev- everything, and there is some ammo scarcity and stuff like that. So there is some survival horror thinking that goes on. But it's basically a horror action game, and Isaac is an is a is a he's an engineer, isn't he? Yeah. And you basically you kill the aliens with engineering tools, uh, futuristic engineering tools, which closely resemble guns, but whatever they're engineering tools it's fine um and you're it's kind of it strikes a really good balance between being vulnerable and being empowered you're basically a glass cannon you're incredibly fragile but at the same time you can fuck shit up like if you get if you get the line gun which it basically fires in a horizontal direction you can just clear a corridor of aliens by firing once down the corridor and they all just fall to pieces uh in front of you it's it's very good and very fun and I also really liked the story too. 
Mm. Um, it's the you're fighting necromorphs, which is yeah. people's bodies reanimated, and there's a lot of body horror in this game as well. The bodies are reanimated and and twisted into different shapes, and it's horrifying. Um, and it goes from being something that has been afflicted on them by unearthing the marker from some kind of uh, some kind of dig on a planet, and it, it slowly unfolds that it's actually some some like religious mania that's overtaken the ship, and some some people want to be necromorphs because they think that humanity should be brought together. It's pretty horrifying and it's really well done. And yeah, I love it. And it's tragic that this series has died. Uh, I would very much like this to come back. Yeah. 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 I, I will say that um, just really quickly. I will say that people who first played Dead Space, who were really paying attention, by the time they got about halfway through the game, the ending was ruined. And spoiler alert yeah. if you want, but the, the first letter of every chapter. By the time you got to the end of the game, spelled out Nicole is dead. Ha, again, nice. again, spoiler warning. But yeah, it's if anyone was really paying attention and they put two and two together, they could figure it out within the first like two hours of gameplay. Yeah, I'll also point out that most people are having the pants scared off of them, right? Yeah, and, true. And then destroying um, creatures with all sorts of cool engineering weapons. Yeah. But you're right. Yeah, if if you really pay attention, yeah, the the names of the chapters. The first letter when when aligned for no vertically yeah no when you we yeah when they're aligned vertically the first letter of each chapter spells out Nicole mm-hmm. is dead mm-hmm. which is a huge spoiler for the game but yeah because yeah. because you're there um, ostensibly to help repair the ship right but you have this kind of secondary uh, objective of your fiance or girlfriend or wife even I can't remember exactly is is on there somewhere and you like you've had visions of her yeah. And and she continues appearing and she helps you throughout the game, but it turns out she's super dead. Twist. Yeah. Not yeah, just dead. She's like super psych. dead. Super fucking <laughs> dead. The ending yeah. to that game shit me up so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's just it's overall fact like the story is great. I mean, two improves on it in practically every way and makes it into the. the the universe of dead space becomes this amazing thing the markers are amazing the cults is the unit unitology is the cult that you get more into into it's fantastic it's absolutely incredible and the fact that they kind of then deviate away from that for the third game is is a shame but what i wanted to point out about the first game is how clever they were about the ui because they didn't have anything on screen all of your information about um about isaac and your weapons and your health were on him mm-hmm. so your your health was like a, a a light up um thing on his back so as your health went down the lights on your on the back of his character went down to to show his health level um your guns the the ammo levels and stuff were actually like a, a holographic projection on the gun itself any documents you had to read or terminals you had to interact with or holographic projections in front of him in even your menu it was incredible. It was a very, very clever way of keeping you completely in the tension that you were experiencing. You didn't go out to different menus. You weren't looking at like HUD elements that were kind of floating over the top of the gameplay. Everything was the game. And that was incredibly mm. clever of them to do. That kind of kept you in that tension the whole way through. Mm. Very, very cool. Yeah, like you could walk around with those menus open, right? Like yeah. time didn't time didn't stop. You were still in there. You were still in the like you couldn't escape. You're in this terrifying place and you ain't getting out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was really clever. 
Mm-hmm. Very, very good. But um, all right. Where are we putting this? Are we saying, would we say this is a game changer? Yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would too. Yeah. 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 Quite yeah. comfortably, I would say as well. Yeah, like like you like all of us have said, right? It, it rebolstered this idea of science fiction horror. It took you, it it didn't feel like a game. Like okay, so let's just jump back to the first Metal Gear Solid, right? To climb the ladder, approach the ladder, and push the action button, which takes you completely out of the experience that you're living in, mm-hmm. right? Whereas you know, uh, like both Andrew and Steve were just saying, I can bring up the menu and walk around with the menu on and get destroyed by enemies right mm-hmm. there there is no game it's not a it's not a game in that sort of traditional sense you're not you are controlling a character and doing things that make them do the stuff go rescue the whatever you know shoot the whoever but it doesn't have that um, that hood idea that because yeah. i've always i've always felt like a a heads up display separates the player from the game it, mm-hmm. it 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 puts this like um, invisible layer that you have to sort of conceptually think your way through to then get to the game on the other side, right? Yeah. Whereas um, Dead Space for me, I I was able to almost become uh, Isaac because there was no no hood in the way. There was no there were no icons. I mean, yeah, you approach a, a door and it said press X or whatever the very first time or, or whatever. And when you're going through the training parts of it, yeah, press this button, press that button. But once that was done, there's nothing else, right? You are yeah. Isaac, right? Because there isn't that invisible conceptual wall that 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 I perceive. I don't know whether everybody else. Yeah, perceives, it's but... it's very it's very committed to its aesthetic and its technology and like there's an explanation to everything like isaac can slow down time which is just which is just a gameplay mechanic but they take the time to explain why you can do that and they've built a fictionalized technology around that and Mm. yeah they 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 do their very best not to break your immersion and it's it's very it's very successful i think the best way to describe dead space is to take a line that i can't remember his name but the geezer who made aliens said in in a special ed is this story is so many miles of bad road. It is a journey you go down. And it's so many miles of bad road. It's not a story, it's an experience. You're thinking James Cameron, right? That's the fella, yeah, the yeah. geezer. Yeah. Whatever <laughs> it was called. Yeah. But I think that, that line captures the story of Dead Space quite well. It's so many miles of bad totally. road. Totally. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's that, like you need to go to the medical center. Ah, the train's broke. He got to fix the train. Go to the train depot. Ah, the train depot's overrun with dudes. You got to kill all the dudes. Ah, no, you got to go even deeper because you fell through a hole. In it. Yeah, no, totally. That is that is this game all over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I did get reminded of that of the quote from the uh, Tomb Raider: Angel of Darkness making of when you started talking about that, which is uh, when we wrote this game, we wrote a book. Hmm. Yes. Well. The, Although that's uh, yeah, that's the most pretentious it's a shame thing. They didn't write a game. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's a good. That's yep. You're right. Yeah. Good comeback. That was the most pretentious thing I've ever seen. I think. I but yeah. uh, there you go. Um. Yeah. There we go. Game changer. Then. Excellent. Uh, let's move on. Um. And just looking at time, we may have to skip through a few. So just so you know, um, the next one up is Left 4 Dead, oh. which was on the PC, of course, then later released on the Xbox 360. Although I'm not sure if that was a little bit later than this year, but uh, definitely on the PC this year. 
incredible game again uh, we talked about portal in the 2007 episode and again that's another valve game uh, that is phenomenal i think i think can we all agree that most games that valve produce are excellent yes in their own way um and this is no difference this is turtle rock studios is that is that correct um now defunct unfortunately um or are they defunct do they still exist who's doing back for blood back for blood is is a different it might have it might have some um it might have some pedigree in there but it is a different developer okay interesting but yeah but back for blood essentially is like the spiritual successor to left for dead i'm very excited to play that but we are talking about left for dead right now steve hello lead us in left for dead i played the fuck out of this game and i absolutely loved it um it's really simple it's four people as the title very cleverly would suggest Mm. um four of uh, three of your friends running through levels and trying to make 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 it to the end but there are hundreds and thousands of zombies between you and the end and uh it's it's also pretty story heavy considering it's a it's a, a co-op online shooter but it's all like environmental storytelling and the characters speaking to each other which is incredibly well done and you get a really good feel for what this world is considering it's just like a simple action shooter um and it's just like an adrenaline fueled race to the end and the end of the level is closing a door behind you that the zombies can't get through and letting out a big exhale of relief because you made it um and it's brilliant but what was really clever about it was um they at, at, at the time they called this the a the ai director system yeah where the game was watching you play and it would decide what would happen based on how you were playing so if you were doing really well the ai director would say okay you you need you need to do badly now so i'm gonna make a bunch of shit happen that's gonna ruin this for you so you could replay that game endlessly and it was always different every time um yeah it was just great i played this for hundreds of hours it was fantastic and the technology was amazing as well there was like you could there was like this uh, musical cue that would tell you when a horde was about to approach mm. and whenever you heard it you were just like oh fuck right everyone <laughs> get to a corner everyone get high up and just hundreds of zombies would pour out of every doorway and every window and just start racing towards you and it was man man it was really good fun mm. very good and the different types of enemy as well like you had there was it the witch that, was, yes. that always freaked me the fuck out. Like you could hear her crying and you were like, Shh, you have to be quiet because if she hears you, she'll wake up and... Yeah, you've got to turn your torch off. Yeah. You've, got creep, you've got to creep past her. Um, Amazing. It, it, it's, it's, the, it's the kind of game you can tell that it was heavily play tested because they had yeah. these like special zombie types uh, that would basically counter any sort of play style that a group might have. So there was a liquor, a liquor? No, what, a smoker, hunter. I think it was called. Oh, there's yeah, a there was smoker, a hunter. A bloater. That's right. And witch, yeah. That's right. So, and they were all designed to stop you from trying to do certain things. So the hunter would pounce on you if you were alone. So that meant you had to stay together in a group. The smoker would pull you out of the group, so you would have to react to that to try and save them. It was incredibly clever, and uh, yeah, it was great. Absolutely. Uh, Squidge, what are your memories of this one? Um, I've got a very special memory of this game, because this 
this game when playing with with one of my friends um he introduced me into the joys of being a dick towards the other survivors um he also introduced me to the joys of on a harder difficulty just really messing with the mechanics and also dicking with other survivors so that was my first jaunt into multiplayer online games on the pc because i at that point i just bought a pc that could play modern games and i was playing it and i have a lot of memories of intentionally startling the witch with molotov cocktails um when people are struggling closing the safe door and just leaving them there um intentionally bringing the special infected onto the other members of my team and just sitting there and laughing um yeah and occasionally i might help them heal them you know i'll point out where things are um yeah so you're gonna write some more stuff now aren't you steve (laughs) i I imagine Um, it's just underlining it's it's yeah yeah so (laughs) you know this game led into other games where i could just dick around unfortunately some of the other games you had to help people um but this one especially um i i got in, the amount of times i got in trouble just for hot keying sayings on the pc would you stop saying stuff nope i'm gonna say it more you know uh the amount of times i got kicked as well uh is unreal um, deservedly so <laughs> <laughs> but i remember it was a phenomenal game um i originally played it on the xbox 360 and then a friend of mine said the hell with that shit get it on pc let's have some fun so i did and yeah I, I gamed a little bit of a reputation a little bit of a reputation of being an absolute dick towards people um but it's in, in the context of zombie survival i mean if i can't have fun what's the point so, so go, go through it a couple of times go through the scenarios you know learn that how to do it and then just start having fun being an absolute ass towards everyone else so for about four years when I was playing PC games, then I wasn't a nice person to come across because I just <laughs> make your day oh very bad. Um, I mean, yeah, an absolute dick. I've learned from there. Good. I've I've never stopped being a dick, but it's only right. in special circumstances. You know? Except I don't do it all the, the first step to getting help, right? No, That's true. <laughs> uh, help. Well, I've now got. That. I've now got a list. Steve's got sadism and masochism written on his. Mine is. Do not play with Squidge, and the first is Soul Calibur, and the second is Left for Dead. <laughs> so, you do right. You do right. Yeah. This <laughs> list yeah. is just going to grow through the episode. I feel. Um, Jay, <laughs> what are your thoughts so, on this game? So one of my favourite things, uh, th- there's there's a whole bunch of stuff about Left for Dead that I absolutely love, but one of my favourite things is, and Steve uh, hinted at it, is the wonderful marketing. Like the first image anyone ever got was a severed hand with a thumb missing mm-hmm. because it was, you know, this is the the four. And then I believe for the second game, it was the same hand, but rotated the, the other way. So it was, it was either palm out for the first one or palm in for the first one. And they rotated the hand around. I think, I think oh, no, the it was, second game, it was, it was two. Yeah. The, the, the reason you're remembering the palm out or palm in thing is because for the European release, so in the American release, it was palm in. But for the European release, they have to flip that over, obviously, because sticking yeah. two fingers up is, uh, well, it means something over here in a way that it doesn't <laughs> in the US. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the I really liked the the, the characters. Uh, like you, I, I keep agreeing with you, Steve, right? But that's okay to do, right? I'm not saying I'm that's fine. I'm thing. fine with it. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, but like the 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 characters and the banter that they had, right? Because there was there was almost like 
scripted banter and unscripted. Mm-hmm. I'm using the term banter and I'm, I'm realizing that that's like a loaded term these days. So the scripted dialogue, right? Um, and and when they would like, you know, someone would get hit. Oh, I've, I've spotted a bit boomer, and then they get covered in the stuff, and they're like, ah, I'm all sticky. And someone else would go, yeah, it's like Friday night. So you know what I mean? There was that. Un- <laughs> that, that it was all scripted, but you wouldn't always get it because if yes. you avoided those those enemies, you would never hear it. So it lends more to that almost infinite playability because of those silly lines and then um there was like uh, each of the, the the levels or scenarios or, or whatever were framed almost like a movie because like whilst yeah. it was loading you had the movie poster and it's like starring these four people and it's the name of the stage you're on as a movie poster and that just it was amazing and and it felt like it was i mean around that time 2007 2008 2009 it almost everything became zombie centered right mm-hmm. i remember there was a talk at gdc i think in 2006 and that was how to shoehorn zombies into your video game right <laughs> because that's what everyone was doing at the time and um and and uh, but what i feel like is like this is leffert and leffert 2 sort of hit the pinnacle of the gaming zeitgeist of when it was fun to have zombies in your video game right mm-hmm. it, it, um we i think around this time maybe afterwards you have things like uh uh dead rising um you've got uh dead island you've got dead of the dead you've got deadest of the dead deader deadest dead of the dead mm-hmm. of the night or whatever it is right but that's the one um in uh, a trilogy in five parts no um and you had but but i feel like left for dead really sort of hit the nail on what a zombie shooter like a zombie action shooter should be and it was around this time that there was lots of similar media being created i remember there was a, a an amazing story driven um audio drama podcast that i was listening to at the time called we're alive which had a similar sort of feel to it it was like the audio version of left for dead right you're listening to it happening um but yeah i i completely agree that you know it, almost everything that valve does is amazing um almost everything that they have uh, their fingers in the pies right and left for dead is no exception to this if you like zombie shooters and you haven't played left for dead you need to do yourself the favor of I, I don't think it's very much and it's not very big either because i downloaded it onto this machine only a few weeks back and this machine's a linux machine so if my computer can run it your computer can run it right and you I'll only just, need sort of two or three other friends to, and you can just go and it's great. I mean, you, yes, but you don't even need friends. Uh, I'm not saying, you know, play this. If, well, you, don't if have you friends, want to, if you want to yeah. avoid running into someone like Squidge, I would recommend that you get <laughs> two or three friends to play with. Oh, totally. But, uh, but, but like the AI that controls the other characters that you play as, oh, yeah, they're, yeah. they're amazingly yeah, put together that's as well. True. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just per- honest, perfect all around. I, mm-hmm. I just, I have to say it. I will just add one more thing. Um, I managed to make the AI director work for me, but it was only on the hardest difficulty. So what would happen was my behavior on the hardest difficulty would spawn tanks constantly, to which point I would intentionally lead the tanks to other people and dive out the way. So if anything, the difficulty in the AI director helped me become an absolute dick on that game. (laughs) So it's not. I'm claiming it's not my fault. It is, but it isn't. So sorry, but not sorry, you know. Dear, oh this dear. explains this explains everything when we were playing Resident Evil 6 the other day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I, I feel like we should take this as an opportunity for you to apologise to all the people you've played Left for Dead with in the past. Not happening. No. <laughs> you said that you learned since, man. <laughs> yeah, I've learned how to be sneakier about it. Not just oh, yeah. right. Yeah, the, the sneaky way of going onto a podcast and telling the entire world. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, why not? Oh, all right. Is this a game changer, Steve? Uh, yes, it is. It is a game changer. Yeah. Yeah, Squid. I remember. Sorry, oh. sorry. Uh, I was going to say I remember thinking at the time it was weird that somebody was making a co-op only, like a specifically a co-op game. It was mm. unusual back back then. So definitely a game changer. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Squid. Yep, certainly turned me into a different kind of player. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it was a plus the game. It was just so it was unique. It was, I think it's safe to say it was very unique and it it sort of, it was advertised and billed as the actual, you know, the co-op zombie experience, but nobody really knew what it was going to be like until they got the hands on it. Yeah. Um. So it was one of those, it was well advertised, but it still came out of nowhere. Absolutely. Uh, Jay? Absolutely. Game changer. Um, as far as I'm aware, it was built on the same engine as uh csgo and uh half-life 2 is that right like the source 2 engine yeah it was on the source 2 engine yeah so it's essentially the behind the scenes it's the same code as half-life 2 and bottle right and that's just mad to me as a dev that is mad to me (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah uh they need to what they need i mean this is a game changer for me as well right but what they need to do is for the new consoles ps5 xbox series x whatever just have a valve collection of these games with full mm. online i mean i know that some of these are backwards compatible on xbox anyway which is fantastic but having them maybe with slightly upgraded graphics for 4k on console you know people play on pc that's great and i, I play on pc sometimes but my main play is on console and people on console need to play these games mm. like you know with back for blood coming out it's a perfect time for valve to fuck over there uh, old developer friends and uh, re-release Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2 um, you know along with Portal Portal 2, all the Half-Lifes you know Counter-Strike Day of Defeat, all of them, just put them all on a disc and let everybody on the PS5 and the Xbox Series X play them um, That's and, what I think and look out for my username if you see me in the team just quit <laughs> I'll put uh, I'll put Squidge's username in the show notes, uh, please add it to your block list uh, <laughs> thanks for that all right you're welcome uh moving on then uh, another game changer there the next one uh we're going to talk about is fallout 3 which mm. came out this year of course crikey uh, it was yeah. all right this year wasn't it pretty good mm. pretty good fallout 3 is fucking great uh I, i'm just gonna say it uh i've not played much of fallout 4 um but i have played a crap load of fallout 3 and that oh. game had some bloody good atmosphere like jesus christ i remember a lot of that game and i remember how it made me feel and it was weird because it's a very different type of game than i'm used to it is a proper western style rpg um it's got kind of first person shooter type mechanics you've got the vat system of course which was interesting you've got the dice roll will it hit won't it hit along with that it had so much thrown at it along with this huge great storyline and dialogue options and everything all in the midst of uh kind of post-apocalyptic 50s retro aesthetic i mean if you know fallout you know what this is about anyway but like three 
possibly to me. Like I said, I haven't played a huge amount of four, haven't played Fallout 76. I'm not sure how many people have. Um, <laughs> I haven't played any of the older games, to be perfectly honest. I didn't really play one, two, or Tactics, although I do own them and I would like to play through them. But this, for me, was a belter of a game. Like I love it and I still to this day would love to have the time to go back and play it again I don't think I have that time now anymore unfortunately but one day would be great um Jay have you played this one so yeah I remember playing it when it first came out and the so the biggest problem for me is something that you hinted at there Andrew is that these these massive open world games I have no time to play them I'd love to sit down and play Fallout 3, Skyrim, or any of the Elder Scrolls games, anything like that, I would love to be able to devote several hundred hours of my of my life <laughs> to playing and exploring. I just don't have the time. But that being said, um, you know, Fallout 3 is yet another one of those absolutely gorgeous titles, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah, I'm talking about a desolate wasteland and everybody's dead and there's, there's creatures that have arms growing out of their heads or whatever. But it is beautiful to look at. If you can get past the glitches, it is beautiful to look at. <laughs> because let's be honest, right? The Bioware titles, they are phenomenal. They are they are legendary for their day day one glitches, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's just partially because of all of the things you just said there, Andrew. All of the stuff that goes into it. Every single moving part has... A, I hinted at earlier on, and I'm sure I've said it before on other shows, but as a dev, I totally understand. I feel like that's going to be like a a catchphrase for me, but I totally understand just how complex the Bioware titles are and just how easy it is for bugs to slip through and and just not get caught. Because if you've got... uh, I don't know how much content there is for the main story, as long as you're not speedrunning, the main story, something like 50, 60, 70 hours, something like that, and Mm. every single thing has to be tested. So, yeah, things are going to slip through, right? It's just how that works. It's how modern development works. But it is a gorgeous game, and it has... uh, What a way to introduce people to the Fallout series, right? What a way to do it, because for a lot of people, Fallout 3 was their first Fallout game. And and, and it is an amazing aesthetic. It's an amazing universe to live in. Um, I I think uh, unrelated, Squidge and I watched like a summer games done quick of the entire Fallout series up to that point, including 4 and New Vegas in two hours and 18 minutes. But that's beside the point. But Mm -hmm. what, what I'm getting at is just like watching these games being played out in that instance was was a wonderful experience because they are just so gorgeous to look at and the storyline is so deep there's so much lore in there right so i think as a as a classic rpg with or rather as a first person shooter with classic rpg elements definitely for me it is it is amazing i have to say yeah very true excellent well put well put uh steve what about you yeah um i so i i played this game recently um and i don't know if it holds up super well i think okay. i i love i don't get me wrong i love this at the time too i'm not gonna i'm not gonna pretend that uh I'm, I'm some kind of um fallout 3 snob or anything i think it was a i think it was a really good first crack at making a 3d fallout game 
Um, I think it got a lot of things really right. You're right, it is absolutely gorgeous. It's stunning to look at, especially, I mean, it's famous for that part where you emerge from the vault and you get your first glimpse of the wasteland and it's amazing. Um, and the way they integrated the radio stations with the music and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's a lot about it that I really love. I, there's a lot of inconsistencies in there as well, though. Um, and I feel like I feel like Bethesda has never properly understood what Fallout is or could be. It's just aesthetic, and I don't know. It's hard to articulate exactly what I mean. Any of this makes sense? Uh, yeah. yeah, it's it, making sense to me. It's yeah, because... it's, it's it's like Fallout. Is, I don't know. Fallout was supposed to be. It wants to be a satire on things, but actually, I think I think it kind of fails a little bit. Um, it's a great it's a great game, but like there's there's weird things like you go into a house, a dilapidated house, and there's a lady in there who's like got PTSD because of the war or whatever, and she's acting like it's still the 50s. But Fallout 3 is supposed to be set like hundreds of years after the war, so it doesn't really make, make a lot of sense. Yeah, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Um, it's kind of strange and uh, like the moral choices that you make are like kill kill this camp full of children or don't kill the camp full of children you know what i mean it's very binary yeah yeah it's really really good or you are evil (laughs) yes yeah exactly (laughs) i think new vegas did it way better and i think fallout 4 does it a lot better as well so i love i love fallout 3 and everything everything that has been said is true it is gorgeous and it's i really loved it at the time i really enjoyed it but i don't know it felt a bit wobbly it felt a bit like it was all going to spin apart at any moment and Mm. yeah that's my complicated answer to (laughs) what i think of this game okay it's a good answer you know uh any any answer is fine it's your opinion at the end of the day um squidge i'm worried about your opinion (laughs) (laughs) um now th- this is a single player game. It's not a multiplayer game, so you might be surprised. But okay. you know, Fallout, Fallout never changes. Apart from Bethesda tried too hard on this one um, to put way too much content in, way too many references. Um, it was a, um, it was definitely a stark departure from Fallout 2. Although Fallout 2 had a lot of references in itself. So but, if you, sorry, sorry, Squid, you've played the original Fallout's. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so do you know what I mean when I say the Bethesda don't really understand what... Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. It's it's kind of Bethesda threw way too much into this game. It wasn't at the wall to see what stuck. It was to try to cram so much into this game. That's why it's so massive. Mm-hmm. So many different references and side missions and stuff. They tried way too hard. And it, it produced a really good game, but you can, you can kind of tell if you played the first two compared to this one... It's sort of like there's so much thrown at you so quickly and it's so jam-packed all the way through that it's kind of hard to catch your breath sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's the feeling. Um, but yeah, it's it's the tr- they, they tried way too hard. It did produce a really good game, but it's, you know, the, like I said, they, they put too much in it. Uh, when it comes to single-player games, now it's not going to change your opinion of me, but when it comes to single-player games, when there's a morality system, I cannot be a bad guy. I just can't. I can't do it. I haven't got I haven't got a, an evil bone in my body when it comes to stuff like that. Um, it started with uh, Kotor back in the day, and it's never changed. I cannot be a bad guy. So it's, it's, it's just just interject mm-hmm. here. You're absolutely fine being a dick to real people, but yeah. when it comes to the lives of fake people, 
with no like who don't matter you have to be good you you're, you're compelled to be good to them well yeah those choices actually matter <laughs> it's not random people on the internet you're trying to survive a zombie horde with you know it's it's your choices matter in fallout 3 it affects people in the long run you know i you, mean it affects people who don't exist but sure yeah <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah um you know fictional you, people are more important I mean, I never said that, but let's go with that. Um, <laughs> but it, it affects, you know, how people see you in the game. It affects your ending. It mm-hmm. affects how um, Liam Neeson um, talks to you. No matter what you do, he's always proud of you. But if you're an absolute dick in the game, he'll tell you you've been an absolute dick, um, which I can't handle. I've got to be nice. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, it's um, it was my it was my first console fallout game i think it was everyone's first console fallout game um i spent a lot of time on it i played all the dlcs um i got way too invested in it at one point that that's all i was doing um i took up my entire time um but yeah it was new vegas had a hell of a lot better story because you had some of the writers from the original some of the obsidian um writers they only had a very small amount of time to do that game which in that game, your, your traces had a lot more weight to it than Fallout 3. But Fallout 3 is a good starting point. Um, it's a really good game. And yeah, I, I didn't think it was going to change it's gonna change my your opinion of me, but I cannot be a bad guy in any games if it's single player. So okay. I was always a goody two-shoes. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. You mentioned the DLC there as well, and that's something that's important here too, because we mentioned in the past when we talked about Oblivion, and that's kind of the first uh, stab at kind of console DLC with horse armor and then the bits that they released <laughs> after that. And of course, then they went on to do the, the the DLC for Fallout 3, which was more expanded again. So there was a lot. There's like three packs or something, wasn't there, that had that added lots of story content. I think and it was, was five. Was it? Yeah. OK. Yeah, it's quite a lot. But I remember it's, it was this weird time in console gaming where people weren't quite sure how, what to do with DLC. And of course, you could download it. But then they kind of went down the, the PC expansion route where they would add them on a disc. So you'd have like, you know, like the old PC games where you get the expansion pack on, on a disc separately. They did that with console games. And it's like this doesn't quite work for a console game, but OK. So you'd get, go get the disc for like two of the DLC packs and put them in it was just a very strange time but bethesda were like almost at the cutting edge of dlc at the time mm. they were the people like really pushing it for not always in the best way but, um, <laughs> but they tried bless them less said about the horse armor the better i think yeah very true <laughs> very true um so yeah it's it, i mean yeah solid game i i thought this would be less controversial of a game i didn't realize but the, i haven't played one and two so i guess that's why it, do you know what else the the animation sucks yeah i was mm. really shocked at how like the game is gorgeous but god damn the animation sucks and whenever you talk to somebody they just stare at you like a robot and and speak with one of the three voices there are in that game i don't mm-hmm. know i don't know i'm coming down too harshly on this because i played it recently and i was kind of i don't know I did, perhaps yeah. it just hasn't aged well perhaps i think there's an argument for the scope of the game as well like an argument against it like mm-hmm. in the first fallout game it starts and it's like we're opening the vault we've run out of water go find some water i'll slap you on your ass and send you on your way whereas yes. fallout 3 starts as you're a toddler no you're a pre-toddler crawl around this space hooray six years later yeah okay you're, right. you're a six-year-old yeah. 
Yay! Hey, four years later, now you're a <laughs> ten-year-old. Hooray! And it's like it, it, it takes a very long time to actually get to the game because it's trying to. I feel like it's trying to bash you over the head with the fact that there are real people in these bolts and they really need your help and you are essentially the savior. You have to go save them. And whereas, like I say, the first one is like, go outside, get us some water. Fuck off. Yeah. You know and what I mean? it, is, it is also possible to complete the first game really, really quickly because you yeah. can just go find the water and come back with it and you're done. Yeah. It, it, wow. it, was, it was very, very open-ended, the first game. Uh, like you said, you, you, you're given a task and then the adventure unfolds from there. Whereas in, in Fallout 3, yes, you're given too much backstory, way too much. In fact, the game starts with you coming out of your mother. Yes. Yeah. There's like blood on the screen because you have just exited her vagina. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I think, yeah, no, you're right. I think maybe they overreached with the story on this one. Yep. Yeah, I, there was a big deal at the time, though, wasn't it? Because it was like you know, it was you're you're going through the life cycle of a person. You're understanding. Yeah, but why the, though? A, why? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it didn't matter really, did it? Because you because no. they're, they're a nondescript person. They don't have a character as such, do they? You you, you embody them essentially. So mm-hmm. really, you understanding them as a character means nothing. I guess you're understanding the family and the people in the vault, and the reason that you're going out to help them. I suppose. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I, I I liked it, but I hadn't played the first two. And this is probably my first introduction to that kind of thing. So, but you're probably right. It probably doesn't hold up very well. And they were very smart. Microsoft were very smart uh, and Bethesda in giving this away for free with Fallout 4 on the Xbox. Yeah. It was a very smart move for them to mm. make, I think. Uh, very cool. All right. What are we saying for this one then, Squidge? Is this a game changer? I'm going to say it's a very strong game. Oh okay. Um, mainly because I, I'm I reserved the game changer for New Vegas, mm. despite all of the bugs and the patches that were needed and stuff and rotating heads and you know backflipping ragdolls and stuff. But Fallout Three is a very very strong game. You can okay. get lost in it for a good two three weeks of your spare sure. time, obviously, <laughs> not every second. Um. But it is a very strong game. I wouldn't say it's a game changer because the story was a bit serious. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, that's probably the best I can say about it. Fair enough. Jay? Uh, Yeah, I would say uh, maybe middle to strong game um, just because there's so much content there. Um, And yeah, I feel feel like it it falls afoul of scope. Right. Um, as an example, I remember when uh, around the time that Oblivion and Fallout 3 came out, one of my uh, close friends was always, yeah, when I, I complete the game, when I 100 percent it. And I went, OK, go get Oblivion and go get Fallout 3 and I'll see you in 15 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, there's, there's just way too much content. Right. I mean, I get it. It's it's a whole world that they've built, but it didn't really need to be as big as it was. And like I say, it's a game that I can't play these days because I just don't have time. You yes. know, I'm unfortunately I'm an, I'm one of those adult persons who are adulting and doing the adult things. And you know, I've that has meant that gaming takes a hit. So I can't I can't say hey go play it because if you're in a situation like me, 
um, you don't have time. <laughs> it's True. not going to happen. And especially if you get it on a console, because obviously you turn your console on, it's been off for five minutes. There's 4,000 gigabytes of down- of updates to download. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, I can't really, I can't really recommend it. You do you realize that Andrew is going to have to bleep the earwear you just said there, right? Or the adulting. Yeah, there's another bleep. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's not the ones that Steve usually gives me to bleep. Those are always fun. Steve, no, yeah. on to you. Um... Game changer? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to struggle a little bit here. Because before our esteemed colleagues here were done, uh, were were speaking, I I, I was going to say that I would struggle not to call it a game changer, despite my own disparaging opinions on it. Um, because uh, so my 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 favorite reductive description of this game at the time was, oh, it's just Oblivion with guns, and it it kind of it kind of is, but at the same time, I don't know, it did it did have a big impact. So I don't know, it's tough. Maybe mm. very, very, very strong game is the right way to go with that. Okay. Good. Yeah, I think I'd agree. I did very much enjoy it, but um, I can I can get where you are coming from. So I agree. Very, very strong game. It is. Um, all right. So we did have a few more games to discuss, but for time's sake, I'm going to put them all into honourable mention. And um, that means that rather than have a big old discussion about them, because as we've proven in the last uh, so many games that we've discussed, we can discuss games for a long old time uh, <laughs> and have a lot to say about them, which is great. Um, but let's 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 move through these ones at a brisk pace. And when I say that, I want a sentence from each of you about the games that I'm going to bring up and whether or not it's a game changer. Are we ready for this? Mm-hmm. Ready, Eddie. Zipping through, starting with Far Cry 2. Steve. Uh, secretly one of the best Far Cry games very underrated Jay never played it but I played the first one Squidge I found it unplayable because when I played it on PC the enemies kept bouncing up and down and it just took the immersion out for me fair enough Uh, I enjoyed it and the setting was excellent and I liked digging bullets out of my leg so (laughs) (laughs) and in the game I'll be satisfied (laughs) And in the game, yeah, oddly satisfying. Um, what we're we saying is this a game, a game changer? Game, game, okay. Squidge, uh, strong game, even though I couldn't play it myself. <laughs> Jay, I, I don't think I can have an opinion on it because, like I say, I never played it, so so just in the middle, so game, I guess, in that case, yeah, um, go try it, yeah, game, game, yeah. And I, I agree with Steve, it's secretly one of the best Far Cry games, so definitely definitely give it a go. Um, next up, Fable 2. Jay? Oh, uh, your health is low, Hero. Watch that. Definitely go play this game. All of the... The, the, the very the first two Fable games, definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. It's a long sentence. Squidge? Chicken chaser. Chicken chaser. Great. Steve? Uh, it's great, despite it massively, despite P, uh, Peter Molyneux massively overpromising and under <laughs> de- delivering, which is his thing. But it's still, it's still good. Yeah, agreed. Uh, it's the best of the three Fable games, I would say. Mm-hmm. If you're going to put them in that order, um, are we saying just a game for this one? Are we agreeing, or is it a game changer? Game for me. Mm. Game, 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 game. If it wasn't for the promises of Peter Molyneux, it would have been a game changer, but it's a very strong game. Mm-hmm. Agreed. 
Agreed. All right. Next up, Burnout Paradise Squidge. Um, I only played the um, the motorcycle bits, which didn't advance the story. Okay. <laughs> there was a story. Also, bang bang shooty. Well, not bang bang shooty, but bang bang crash crash. Bits mm. of things everywhere. Love it. Loads of fun. Steve. Uh, very good, but I missed crash mode. Yes. There is a crash mode, weirdly, uh, but it's the worst one. In the, yeah, you press the stick in when you're at a junction. And oh, you yeah, no, crashing. no, I missed a good crash mode. It, yeah, yeah, missing good. It, it is probably the worst burnout game. Um, <laughs> Easy, Tiger. That's <laughs> it's not, not even really, almost true. Have you played the first burnout? one? Oh, I suppose so. <laughs> All right, it's, it's, it's not the best burnout game, then. People put it up on a pedestal, and I wouldn't fair, say fair. it's the best burnout game. Um, game or game changer? Steve? Game changer i oh. think yeah i think so oh. some something about that game's something about that game's aesthetic and open world racer nature that i feel like had an effect on games generally that's fair to say i think yeah jay yeah i think perhaps the uh, the open nature of the later forza games in to such an extent that you are literally driving between races wouldn't maybe have happened without burnout paradise so i'd say light game changer okay uh squidge i'd say just strong game um just basically because uh, well it's it was, it was the crash mode that did it for me um mm. if the crash mode was better like previous ones, I'd say game changer, but I'd say a very strong game. Yeah, I'm going to agree. So we're kind of halfway between. So we'll 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 just say that it's a it's a very light game changer. There's an overall amalgamation of our scores there. Um, all right, next up, Mirror's Edge, Steve. Um, very good. More shallow than you would think it is, um, but still massively underappreciated. Squidge. Due to my fear of falling to the ground, it was a very clench-heavy game, but fun one overall. <laughs> Jay? Loved it and hated it. I loved the game, loved the aesthetic, loved the gameplay, hated it because I nearly threw up whilst playing it. But that's also <laughs> a, a reason to love it, right? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Sure. Um, I love this game aesthetically, gameplay-wise. It did something very different and was very enjoyable for it. Is this a game or a game changer, Jay? Uh, I think a game changer. You know, I don't think anything uh, prior or since has tried to take the idea of parkour and change it into a game. Mm, True. Uh, Squidge? I'd say game changer, but for me, it's more the art style than the gameplay. Fair. That's that's a good point, actually. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I was, I was, I, I was ready to say game, but Mirror's Edge might be the first game that gave you visual indicators of what part, what different parts of the environment did. So you can climb on red stuff, you can jump up on yellow stuff. Do you know what I mean? And in that mm-hmm. sense, yes, definitely game changer. Yeah, I agree actually. Yeah, I really like it, and um, it's a shame that Catalyst didn't do better um, than it did. I quite like Catalyst as well as a sequel, mm-hmm. and actually, weirdly. The iPhone game was very good too, but I don't think you can get it anymore, which is which is sad. Didn't even know uh, that existed. Yeah, it did indeed. It's like a side-scrolling version of Mirror's Edge, but it was uh, it was pretty good. Huh. Yeah. Uh, anyway, moving on, we've got a couple more left. Spore, Steve. 
at Spore, uh, we mentioned Peter Molyneux earlier. Uh, he wasn't involved in this game, but but was he? No, 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 he wasn't. Um, but this was also massively overpromised on, and it hugely underdelivered. Um, despite that, it is still a good game, but it is just nowhere near the game that they purport they purported it to be. Sure, Squidge. Giving me the powers of a semi demigod to create life is a very bad idea, but the game itself was quite fun. <laughs> okay. I'm worried about what a semi demigod is. Is that a hemi semigod? I wasn't going to say god, so dem- demigod will do. <laughs> Fair enough, Jay. <laughs> uh, I mean, I I love the idea, um, and if they would have uh, re re. Uh, Reattempted it. Uh, I know a friend of mine is trying to rebuild a version of it himself, um, just using like a, a console window, a terminal window, and that's going really well. But obviously, it's never going to get released because EA. But yeah, I think I think the idea, game changer, execution, game. Yeah, I mean, didn't that game get? I mean, I know I'm saying one sentence here, and I'm just breaking my own rule. Didn't that game? Like it started off really well with like the the kind of like bacteria life form thing and then evolving and stuff happened and you evolved into this creature. But then as soon as you took off to the stars to go to other planets, didn't it get incredibly boring? And then you got you the, the the idea was to get to the center of the galaxy and you got there and basically nothing happened. And then the game ended and it was like oh like they hadn't thought that far ahead. I um I never played past the third stage where it turned into a semi command and conquer game. Uh, yeah okay so <laughs> you just really liked that bit and didn't want to continue any further essentially yeah i mean give me the powers of a demigod's a very bad idea so i'll just leave it at that i think <laughs> uh, so jay we know your thoughts this is basically a, i'm guessing a game overall uh steve game yes game oh, bordering bordering oh. bordering on shit maybe oh <laughs> the first time we've heard that today yeah yeah. All right, Squidge. Um, the first few parts of the game were good, but then it got shit. So I'll say game, but not a very strong one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I very much agree with Jay that the, it had the potential to be game changing, but unfortunately the execution just wasn't great. Oh, and I think. I... Sorry, go on. I was going to say, I think this is. Wasn't this by the person who made SimCity? Yes, it was, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So unfor- unfortunate. Uh, what were we going to say there? Sorry. I was just going to say any. Uh, I think is it. Um, first of all, is it? It's Will Wright that did Sin City, isn't it? Yeah, and, that's right. Uh, uh, and and The Sims. It, this is why, uh, like people like Peter Molyneux uh, are an issue. Like any game has the potential to be game changing if you can talk out of your ass enough about it. <laughs> so. Like, like Spore, Spore is a good game, but it is not even anywhere close to the game that it purports to be. And mm-hmm. I find that kind of thing very frustrating. Yeah, very true. Very true. All right, two left. Uh, next one, Super Smash Brothers Brawl. Squidge. What's better than beating the crap out of your friends in a game rather than beating <laughs> the crap out of them in real life? There's a theme here today. Uh, Jay, <laughs> Jay. Are we going to name this episode DCY Squidge Goes to Counseling or something? <laughs> I mean, we're not discouraging him from doing these. No, of course this is doesn't. why I don't go on podcasts, other people's. This is why. <laughs> no, um, 
the, the, all of the Super Smash Bros. games are uh, amazing. I think. Um, I think they've 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 become a bit too samey in recent years because maybe that's just the way I, that I play them. I literally mash the A and B buttons on the controller and hope for the best. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say a game changer just because because Jumping I think it's right nice. in there. Jumping right yeah. in there, Steve. I don't care about Smash Brothers games, and that's not because that's not to say that they're shit or anything. I just I don't really play them, and so I find it very hard to have an opinion on them. Uh, I do know from a distance, however, that they are definitely game changers. I just can't really elaborate any further on that. Sure, fair enough. Uh, Squish, where would you put it in terms of um, definite game changer? Every single one of them. Okay, I I find that I mean I I like the idea of Super Smash Brothers a lot. I find them really weird to play and I'm not sure I enjoy the mechanics of them. And I know that's controversial because Super Smash Brothers is like this huge thing and people get very, very um, possessive about it, if that's the right word. Mm. But I remember the last time I tried to play Super Smash Brothers was around Steve's house. In fact, I bought the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate and we tried to play it and we gave up after about 15 minutes because (laughs) we didn't understand. What the fuck is going on? Like I said, you smash the A and B button and hope for the best. Yeah, but what is the best? I don't understand what's... Like, you fly off the screen, then you can kind of get your way back onto the stage. And at some point, it just won't let you do it anymore. And it's something to do with the ratios of the like the stuff at the bottom going on. And it, it feels like you need some kind of degree or course in order to understand how the game works. But it doesn't give you proper tutorials. You just have to go and figure it out yourself. And it's like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I, I can explain it for you. It's one simple sentence. Keep hitting things till you win. <laughs> Excellent. There you Good. go. I'm glad I could clear that up for you. You yes. wake up every morning and say that to yourself in the mirror, right? Again, I'm not saying. You're absolutely <laughs> true, but I'm not I'm not confirming or denying that at all. <sighs> okay, last game before we move on to the quiz, which I'm excited <laughs> about, um, is a one for Radio Sega, because this is a Sega game, and that is Sonic Unleashed. Good old Werehog Sonic. Uh, Jay? Man Pig. <laughs> yes, That's so we I'm discussed this before. Werehog <laughs> means Man Pig. <laughs> Which is wrong in this context. So it should be Wolf. Wolf Hedge? You know, <laughs> it's possible that Werehog is as ill-advised and ill-thought-out as the rest of this game is, and that it doesn't... You shouldn't think too deeply into it, is what I'm trying to say. Fair. I mean, it was only a couple of episodes ago for the OG that we discussed slightly Sonic 06, and compared to that, this is quite a good game in comparison. There are some excellent levels in this, right? Does nobody else think that? I mean, if if you're talking 3D Sonic, Sonic Adventure 2... And then just stop playing them, right? Sure. Maybe, okay. maybe, maybe stop sooner than that. I don't know. Uh, yeah, all right. You have to sit through the tails is going to crash. Two, three, four. Ah! In Sonic <laughs> Adventure One. But if you can get through that, it's a fun game? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Squidge, have you hit anybody because of this game? <laughs> No, um, but what Good. I will say is... Uh, I feel like I need to throw in a not yet. <laughs> You're painting me in a bad light. 
You don't he need to. I'm doing that myself. Squinch. Yeah, I'm doing Sorry. that myself. I don't need help. Um, <laughs> a hedgehog running faster than the speed of sound is now a lycanthrope. Um, I don't quite know how I feel about that. Hmm. <laughs> so uh, it, it didn't really... I mean, it was better than Sonic 06. I mean, a painted brick is better than Sonic 06. But um, Sonic... Sonic Unleashed was weird. It was one of those weird let's just let's just see where it goes games and it wasn't for me. Fair enough. So I'm guessing that it's definitely not a game changer, but is it game or is it shit? That's what we need to decide. Steve? Uh shit. Oh. <laughs> okay. I mean, objectively, it's it's shit, right? I mean, <laughs> come on. Oh, I mean, look, I get, compared to Sonic 06, you know, oh, it's all right. Uh, yeah. What would you rather that I punched you between the legs or on the arm? Like, that's what we're talking about here. Like, both of those things are bad. Sonic Switch 06 is a... bad. Sonic Unleashed is bad. They're both Switch bad. Switch has had a very bad influence on this podcast because now we're just talking <laughs> about punching each other. And it's welcome to the violence podcast. <laughs> Free brick with every listen. Yeah. <laughs> direct to your face. <sighs> oh, before we get too sidetracked, Squidge, game or shit? Uh, shit. Just straight away shit. I wasn't a fan at all. Fair. Uh, Jay? I appreciate what they were trying, um, but they needed to try harder. <clears throat> shit. I'm sorry. I just. Okay. I just... okay. <sighs> Radio Sega fans, I am sorry. Especially the Sonic. They know. Fans. They know. Uh, I mean, even 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 Sonic fans know. Look, I I have to clarify constantly. Like, I'm a fan of Sonic. Okay, I like Sonic, but this game is garbage. Okay. Well, I was going to say game. I liked some of it, and I think that enough of it I liked that was redeeming. I don't know. What sorry, do I know? Sorry to the Sega listeners. I'll just say that right now. Bit too late, but I'll say it. <laughs> Oh dear. I think they've come to expect it from us, to be honest. That, uh, <laughs> this is what we do. There are uh, there are great Sonic games. This ain't one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Sonic fans, big Sonic fans listening on Radio Sega, hi. Um, please direct your hatred to the Waffling Tailors and to at Steve Jack. <laughs> oh, <Sorry>. dedication! <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is the games that we're here to discuss. I think we did pretty well. Mm. I liked our little run through at the end. It was nice to get through quite a lot of them. Felt mm-hmm. good. Good. Cathartic. Cathartic. Very cathartic. <laughs> like last time it was a bit of a loving and we had everything. Everything was a game changer. Mm. And this one felt a bit more even. We got one that was shit in it. We don't often get a shit game. No, so. we don't. No. no. So that's quite good. I feel like more often than not, the shit games are the Sonic games, though, which is uh, which is worrying. <laughs> Sega, you need to do something. You need to do something, please. What they need please, to do not is another Sonic boom. Go back in time and not fire Sonic Team. I mean, yeah, that, it all went downhill after that, right? Allow Sonic Team to finish. Um, uh, uh, I was going to say Blazing Dragons, then. I mean Burning Rangers. Allow <laughs> yeah. them to finish Burning Rangers. Allow them to work a little bit more on nights, and everything will be good. Ah, <sighs> Radio Sega. I promise we'll do some nice Sega content soon. <laughs> Moving on, <laughs> let's go to the quiz. Now, this is the last quiz, technically, which is, uh, it's a shame that Rich isn't here for this because yeah. 
Yeah. Rich should have finished this off. Now, I believe that Rich can't win now anyway. I believe the only thing he can do is draw level with the guests. Okay. So that's not happening either because I'm right. I'm I'm playing in place of Rich, right? You are indeed, yes. Okay. Yeah. So for those of you have who haven't listened before, uh, for your benefit, this is the quiz, which is 2008 or 2018 obviously this isn't the quiz that we've done all the way through we do change the years it hasn't been 2008 or 2018 since we started in 1997 uh it just Mm -hmm. changes depending on the year um and the aim of the game is to guess which year the game title that i read out comes from so whether it comes from 2008 or 2018 as the game title would suggest and it is steve versus the guest so in this case uh waffling tailors uh you can talk to each other and confer and then give me your final answer between you is that okay mm-hmm. so in traditional style we will begin with steve uh so we'll begin with a dcy host to begin with and we have three questions for each of you if uh we come to a tie at the end i do have a tiebreaker and steve i do have an individual question for you because we we've been doing that too so okay look. are we ready to go mm. Mm. no pressure let's obviously do it. no, no pressure. pressure let's do this <laughs> etc steve your first game title is eco creatures save the forest eco creatures save the forest mm-hmm. well that game was released in 2008 okay waffling tailors would you agree with that so here's my thought process right okay. environmentalism and looking after the animals around us has become very big recently i mean it's 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 always been been getting bigger but i feel like it's become at the forefront of discussion uh, uh more recently than in 2008 so i'm gonna say i don't know whether you agree scridge 2018 i'll uh i'll let j take the uh, either win or fall on this one so you're letting yeah. me take the bullet okay that's fine mm. it's fine if if you're right or wrong in this one it doesn't matter because it's only steve's point you can't get a point for this one so i'm just being nice i'm just letting you have a <laughs> have a go uh steve Yes. You guessed 2008. I did. That's correct. And this game released on the Nintendo DS in 2008. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. There you go. So it's like, you know. Learned, what we've learned so far is my logic is faulty. I shouldn't <laughs> answer these questions. Yes. Steve has very good logic for these uh, puzzle, these uh, quizzes usually. Yes, it's called guessing. <laughs> flip a coin and yeah. leave it up to chance pretty much <laughs> yeah I, I do like your idea about uh subtitles for games meaning they're probably later than earlier i think that was your logic uh yeah i know i think that was yeah i think you're right well we'll see if it works later um right jay and squidge your game title is armored warfare armored warfare what year did that come out I'm, I'm happy. Go, 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 go for it, Squidge. I'm going to say 2018. Oh, controversial, because I was going to say 2008. But oh, I got fight. the last one. I got the last <laughs> No, don't say that, because he'll kill me. No, oh, sorry, I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I got the last one wrong, so let's go with your answer. I feel I'm more prob- confident in your answer than mine. I'm probably going to get it wrong, but yeah, I'm going to say 2018. I mean, it's a 50-50 chance, right? 
Mm. So we're going with 2018, Steve. Would you agree with that? Do you think that's all right? Um, I'm trying to work out when a developer would be able to capitalize on the phrase warfare. Was it called Armored Warfare? Armored Warfare. Yeah. Kind of feels a bit Call of Duty-ish. Hmm. And I feel like a developer's trying to trade on that. So I'm trying to decide if 2008 or 2018 would be a better year to capitalize on that. But I'm thinking too far into it because it isn't my point. So I'm just going to say 2008. Okay. Well... Squidge, it was your guess. And you were right. PC, PS4 and Xbox One in 2018. Nice. Yeah. See, okay. I shouldn't answer the questions. That's what we're saying. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, right. <laughs> one point each so far. Moving on to the next round. Steve, mm. your next game is The Destiny of Zorro. The Destiny of Zorro? Mm. I... Ooh... Hmm. I've never heard of that. And I want to say Zorro. Zorro wouldn't have been much of a thing in 2008 either, but I feel like it's even less of a thing in 2018. So I'm going to go 2008. Okay, solid logic. Uh, Waffling Taylors, what do you think? So I remember there was a Zorro film at some point before now, and it would have been definitely before 2018. So I would have to lean into 2008. But I guess we're not going to get the point either way, but that's that's what I would say. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, Steve. Hmm. Hmm. This game released on the Nintendo Wii in 2008. Yeah. That's so weird. A Zorro game. What's I that know. about? Very weird. Well, it makes sense on the Wii with the Wiimote and sword controls. Kind uh, of thing. I guess so, yeah. And the shovelware. And the shovelware. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> next up waffling tailors your game is rugu that's r-o-o-g-o-o rugu that sounds like a ridiculously fun japanese title um and i want to say a ridiculously fun japanese title for a nintendo console um but that doesn't help at all <laughs> um what's your thought process Gridge? Do you have a thought I'm, process? I'm going to let you guess this one because I'm convinced this doesn't exist and Andrew's just trying to troll us. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to let I'm, I'm going to let you have a go at this one. My go problem on, is guess? though that if it is a Japanese game it would have been pronounced as Lugu in Japan because there's they're, they're halfway between the L and the R just mm-hmm. because literally that's how it works. Uh, 2008. Let's go with 2008. Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm solidly on 2008 here steve 2008 feels right i would i would i would agree with that okay interesting um i i I heard that well i saw the name rugu and my initial reaction was some kind of antipodean porn (laughs) (laughs) see i was thinking some kind of cooking sauce but okay sure um it, it, it is not that i'm not quite sure this is, it feels like a puzzle game but this is a game for the pc and the microsoft xbox 360 in 2008 not a nintendo game all of my logic was off, game, i still got it right yeah I, I, flawless 60 percent of the time it works every time <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're tied so far. You've both got 
both of them right, which I don't think has happened yet. So this Ooh. is a bit of a, an interesting one. So this is the last question for each of you. If, if you both get this right or if you both get this wrong, then we go to the tiebreaker. Okay. So let's uh, let's see how this goes. Steve, mm. your game is Hello Lady, with an exclamation mark after Lady. Hello Lady, Superior Dynamis. Hello Lady, Superior Dynamis. Dynamis? Dynamis. Something like that. D-Y-N-A-M-I-S. This feels like it's creepy. Sounds that way, doesn't it? Hello, lady. I'm going to guess that it's more likely that something this creepy would be out in 2008 than it would be in 2018. Okay. Okay. Jay, Squidge, what do you think? I'm going to say 2018. Okay. Mainly because there's been a lot of especially indie titles and weird games come out over the past couple of years. It wouldn't surprise me if it was like an, an indie title on PC. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I can tell you, Steve, mm-hmm. this released for the PlayStation Vita in Ooh. 2018. Wait. 18? Yeah, so you were wrong. Steve. Yeah, but, but you 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 did me dirty with that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So yeah, and it, it it's a visual novel, so I think it is pretty probably quite dirty. Um, <laughs> so, I can't speak for that if that's true, but you know, sounds like it. Uh, Jay and Squidge, your last one. Get ready for this. Is City of Brass. Or brass, if you are from the south. So, Scrooge, we've got to get this right, right? So we need to no think pressure. about it. No pressure. <laughs> or we get it wrong and we go to the tiebreaker. That's it's fine, right? If we get it right <laughs> yeah. or we get it wrong. It's a, it's a coin flip. Don't worry about it. So, city of brass. City of brass. To me, this sounds like an RTS game on the PC. Okay. I, I love that 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 you're able to sort of figure out a a a genre as well as a format that's brilliant <laughs> i love it I, I i love it i legitimately love it okay um so an rts on the pc i would have said using that logic rts's were more popular in 2008 than they are now like how many rts's come out now you've got the command and conquer remake and that's it right i'm sure there are lots more right so somebody's probably screaming at their audio player right now jay you idiot are you happy we're going 2008? I'll I'll go with 2008. Um, I'll be happy if I got it right if it's a PC RTS, to be honest. You don't okay. care about the year. You just care about the genre I mean, and the format. I, I hope I've got that right. Um, okay. 2008 is your call, so I'll, I'll go with that. Let's do this. Interesting. Steve, what would you say? Um, I will go for the counter option simply because it is the counter option. I will say 2018. <laughs> Fair. Okay. So... One part you've got right is PC. I can tell you that for sure. Also released on PS4, Xbox One and Switch in the year 2018. I don't think it's an RTS either. Bugger. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. Bugger. (laughs) I got it wrong. (laughs) Oh, dear. That does mean... That you are tied. Oh. oh. Is there special tiebreaker music? 
there, there isn't, but feel free to hum some. And, do, uh, do, 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 tiebreaker. Brilliant. <laughs> I'm just going to put that on a loop over the next few minutes yeah, while we just, do tiebreaker. Just <laughs> sample that and then just repeat it. That's yeah, impressive. perfect. Excellent. Nightmare fuel. <laughs> so the tiebreaker is just whoever answers the correct answer first. So basically, whoever shouts loudest and shouts the correct answer. Seeming okay. that you're about to say something. Else. I just, I, I always worry, I always think that the latency just kind of puts pay to this kind of thing. But sure, let's let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So the tiebreaker question. Shout your answer, and whoever I hear first, I will then edit to make sure that's actually who comes first. <laughs> <when> I... <laughs> and uh, the tiebreaker question is Microsoft Tinker. Eight, two thousand eight. Eighteen. In there early. I'm gonna say eighteen just to be different. Yeah. Well, Microsoft Tinker, as you'd imagine, came out on Windows, specifically Windows, rather than just generally PC, you know, Mac, whatever. It was a Windows game, and it released in two thousand and eight. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I had never heard of this before. I think it's along the lines of Solitaire and stuff. It's one of the built-in games, I think. But commemorated the uh, the final guests on the podcast by crushing them. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm sure Scrooge will have some violent revenge planned. <laughs> Do I True. need to grab my brick? Oh, <laughs> <while> I'm asking. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, just another shout out anybody listening to this please don't hire Squidge as uh, somebody who works on a construction site because I don't right. don't want him to have free access to bricks essentially my, uh, my previous job was public relations so okay good <laughs> good um no free access to bricks you in, know, that, in that profession you're not in that field anymore you know do you know do that anymore <laughs> surprisingly no no oh. huh. just wasn't for you I assume you just uh, let's just say I got to the end of my tether. Okay. Let's just leave it there. <laughs> okay, okay. There was a battle of Soul Calibur involved. Um, I, I can't, again, it's sealed records. I can't say out. So. I, I absolutely love that you turned a Firefly reference into a series of jokes, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. That's what we do. That's what we do. Uh, that, Rich is going to be happy with that. With your... I'm trying to think of the word. Yeah. With your the, performance. The, the, the fact that I didn't completely rubbish his score. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't think he wins a prize, though, unfortunately. I did say that he would win a prize. I might be wrong. I'll have to go back and just double check how many he's got. He's mm. he's won. Okay. But I don't think he's I don't think he's got it, even with your victory there in the last episode. It's a shame. But, uh, Steve, you may still be able to get a prize for yourself because your final question is coming up. Oh, yeah, of course. And I can't remember how many you've got right up to this point, but I feel like you're a shoe in anyway, because I think you've got quite a few of these right. So, Steve, mm. here's one that's going to mess with your head. OK. Your question for 2008 or 2018 is Yakuza 2. Yakuza 2. Mm-hmm. Why is that messing with my head? I don't know. You tell me. I feel like that's a pretty easy answer. Is it? Well, now I don't know. Is it? <laughs> no, 
Yakuza me, Steve. Yak- Tell me. Yakuza 2 came out in 2008, didn't it? Mm, yeah, no, it did. Did it? Well, if yes, it did, yeah. It def- okay. I mean, it definitely wasn't 2018, unless you're going to go, eh, I was talking about Kiwami, in which case, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> uh, oh, otherwise, it's 2008. Oh, Steve. I was just trying to mess with your head. Uh, Yakuza 2 came out on the PS2 in 2008, and yes. indeed, Kiwami 2 came out 10 there years you- later in 2018. There you go. Which is why I was trying to mess with your head. Well, you worked. I mean, I still got it right, but you did. You did. I mean, you know, the the Kiwami is important there, I guess. But yes. I thought maybe maybe you just think I wasn't cultured enough when it came to Yakuza to know <laughs> that that was the added word. But uh, there you go. Well done, Steve. Thanks. I haven't decided a prize. Um, not calling you sexy again. Maybe that's that, a... yeah. That, yeah. That yeah. I enjoyed it the once, but okay. What if you made the prize something that's that's mildly inconvenient to Rich? Like, what if the prize was that Rich has to now buy you a Mars bar and present it to you in person? Because that's like, that's that's not going to upset anyone. But obviously, there's the effort of I have to find a shop, I have to have what 50p, and I have mm. to buy a Mars bar. Then I have to go see Steve and give him the Mars bar. I do well, like Mars bars, so well, it has to be. It has to. It can't just be presented to. It. it has to be bowed down on one knee, holding it up on a velvet pillow while someone plays trumpets beside him. <laughs> it is a prize after all. It needs to be worth your while. You did earn it. I mean, uh, I'm not going to say you shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm really sorry if that does happen, <laughs> but I'm not. <laughs> but if it does uh, happen, it needs to go onto YouTube or Twitter. We, or we we need we need evidence if that yeah. does happen. <laughs> yeah, there should be evidence. I mean, the the other one. I mean, just in case things don't go quite the way that we're planning at the moment with ending lockdown, the alternative for Rich is uh, he can post you a Mars bar, um, but it has to be a limited edition one that isn't just a regular Mars bar, so it's even more difficult to track down. Okay. In an ordinary envelope. Yes, <laughs> with no protection, no bubble wrap. <laughs> Nothing like that. <laughs> it's, le- oh. it's, it's less of a prize to me and just fucking with Rich at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Is that Solid not point. a prize to you, though? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I suppose it is. You know, you're right. You're right. Oh, well, that was a lot of fun. It was. <laughs> Had a lot Absolutely. of fun. <laughs> and as, as last guest, I mean, we're not going to never have guests again, but not in the same way as we've been having them um, on the podcast. So thank you very much for being our final OG guests. Uh it was it was a blast. What better yeah. way to go out than with two people, two guests at once? Like Thanks, you know, Rumble. <laughs> Royal Rumble. <laughs> Thank you ever so much, guys, for having uh, for having us on. That was great on yeah. A ton of fun. And mm. uh, I had no idea going in that we were the first first we were the last of the OG guests. That's so a, a great okay. honor to throw at us just as you hit record. Yeah, <laughs> no there pressure. you go. There'll only ever be the 12 OG guest slots. So you are in that pantheon of amazing people. Um, So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, Can you tell the people who are listening a little bit about, well, first the Waffling Tailors, but I'm sure you have other podcasts, but um, the Waffling Tailors for sure. And a little bit about the others as well, maybe. Uh, sure. I mean, the other podcasts are just me or me and some of my developer friends. 
but uh, essentially Waffling Tailors is just Squidge and I and sometimes Andrew um, when he's not busy doing this. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, 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 all the times it's Andrew. No, um, <laughs> just just talking nonsense about video games, right? We get together because Squidge and I do that anyway, right? But it's just like, what have we been playing and do we recommend it? It's never really news because by the time we release it, it's old. Um, and... Uh, yeah, so it's just like, what have you been playing? We sometimes talk about um, video game movies. So we did a couple of episodes with Andrew about Resident Evil Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, we're iterating slowly towards... Andrew already knows the one that I've picked, but iterating slowly towards what I think is the, the only good video game movie adaptation. Um, and we'll get to that eventually, but we're not there yet. Um, unfortunately, no, it's not Super Mario Brothers, but we did do Super Mario Brothers like first or second. Um, <laughs> second, because the first was Double Dragon. And we actually <laughs> we actually recorded that before um, Arcade Attack did their uh, Double Dragon. Um, they, they effectively audio... audio yeah, no, they effectively beat it out of me that we were doing it, and then they rushed and did it. So, wow. <laughs> nice work, Arcade Attack. Nice yeah, work. right. Nah, I, I, I think it's just uh, two, two, gra- two great sets of minds collided, and also I stepped in and said, "Hey, we're doing this thing." Um, but no, I, it, we've, I think we've covered uh, one thousand three hundred and change video games wow. throughout this, throughout the series so far. There's like hundred and sixteen episodes. We have a few shorter episodes coming up. Um, just us trying things out. Like, um, I have little rants um, about, hey okay tell me what ray tracing means oh you can't tell me what ray tracing means here's what ray tracing is and how it's not important for video gaming um or uh squidge has got a series that'll be coming out soon uh where he talks about games that he bought that he uh played and then deeply regretted it um <laughs> called so, the cupboard of shame oh yeah. yes yes we often do that with guests as well so we ask people to bring along two or three titles that they want to throw into the cupboard of shame in a room 101 style thing uh, but yeah, it's it's all available at wafflingtailors.rocks. It did start out as a blog, but we transitioned into a podcast because I find Francis. it easier to um, talk about my ideas in in audio rather than in written words because I can't grammar. That's right. Yeah. He cornered me That's into it. it. It wasn't a transition. It's okay. <laughs> Essentially, if you like retro games and general bullshittery talking and tangents, where the podcasts are listened to. Absolutely. Lots of tangents. Absolutely. We've interviewed some devs as well, so we've we we were lucky enough to catch Greg Barnett, the uh, the the designer of the first three Discworld uh, point and click adventure games. Wow. And we've talked with uh, Charles Griffiths from the team that brought out Sexy Sexy Brutal, um, Stu Cambridge from Sensible Soccer, and other amazing titles like that. Uh, who am I missing, Squidge? So, uh, Jim Yes, Jane Whitaker, um, who worked on Alien vs. Predator for the Atari Jaguar. Um, mm-hmm. We've chatted with Alex O'Neill, who I believe, hopefully, um, Andrew may be uh, arranging something with. I'm not sure. I, I, can't, so. I can't. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the author of the Resident Evil Itchy Tasty. Uh, no, there's, 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 there's lots of content, is what I'm saying. Yes. <laughs> Hit the website, pick a game that you like from our Those Games We Played page, and just see when we've talked about it. You, you might find it interesting. You might not. I hope that you will. But there you go. What can I say? Sounds great. I mean, it's a great podcast to listen to. And like you said, the mm-hmm. the, the website, wafflingtailors.rocks, it's uh, like a library. You can, you've linked to everything, basically. So anything you've ever talked about game-wise and sometimes other than that, you'll have like 
links to where you can find where you've talked like you said and it's it's amazing um, just That's the impressive. amount of games that you talk about yeah it's, it's all auto generated as well oh nice um, i put a lot of effort into it um i, I think i've said did, have i told you i'm a, de- I'm a dev but no i put loads of effort into it ahead of time and it's all sort of paying off now. Um, that's good. It's all auto-generated. So that's not, the, the website isn't auto-generated, but all the links and mm-hmm. how it all hangs together, that's all auto-generated. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Mm. And the podcast is is at Waffling Tailors on Twitter, right? Is that right? That's it. Yep. Yeah, uh, we're Waffling we're Waffling Tailors on um, Twitter and Facebook. So if you want to, I mean, if you've if you've, I'm sure there'll be a link in the show notes if we can twist andrew's arm just just far enough yeah i'm sure yeah. i'm sure um do you have any personal twitter accounts that you use or is it just the main one that you go with so scritch doesn't use twitter um mm-hmm. i feel like i'm answering a lot of these questions but uh, mm-hmm. yeah scritch doesn't use twitter i do um just because i have a number of different other podcasts that people may be interested in if they're in interested in software development mm-hmm. so i'm at podcaster j so jay um and i'll link to pretty much everything from there just because it's easier to do it from one channel than it is from you know several others <laughs> yeah absolutely that makes sense um awesome well everybody go and check that out for sure lots of content there um to listen to and it's all excellent especially the ones that i'm on because i have a massive <laughs> start with the andrew episodes that's what i would say start with the andrew episodes. <laughs> um, but yes um steve yes where can we find you on twitter you can find me on twitter at steve jack excellent um, on, a, on a slight hiatus from twitter at the minute yeah. Because um, you know, Squid is the smartest one among us. Because Twitter can be a bit of a toilet sometimes. But uh, mm. I'll be back soon. Yeah, you can't stay away too long, can you? It no, just uh, no. draws you back in. Uh, it's like a siren call. Um, <laughs> and cat memes. Yes, exactly. best place to find them. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> you can find me at oddmint 84 and you can find all things Dreamcast years at Dreamcast Years, surprisingly enough. And uh, you can find all about the book, the books as well. Um, you can buy a copy of Dreamcast Year 1 digitally uh, if you go to dreamcastyears.co.uk forward slash books. Uh, if you go to the Dreamcast Year 1 page, there is a link to buy it and you can see some previews there as well if you want to kind of have a look before you buy. Uh, so have a look at that. And Dreamcast Year 2, the book is coming along nicely. We've almost finished the DCY zine, uh, which is excellent. And um, yeah that's about it um i'd be remiss of me to not mention as well since me and steve are both on and we're both in this now uh at lost in cult which is the magazine lock on which is absolutely fantastic uh steve you've got a review in there reviews zine mm-hmm. uh, for demon souls I yeah believe. very exciting very exciting i've done one for resident evil village and I'm in the main magazine itself uh, with a retrospective on Silent Hill. Please go to at Lost in Cults. They still do have some copies available to order. And it is a fantastic gaming journal uh, that's going to be mentioned maybe a lot more coming up, perhaps by me on my Twitter anyway. Uh, that's enough. That's enough plugging for one day. I think I've, I've, I'm all plugged out. I'm all plugged out, mm. I swear. Um, thank you so much again, Jay Squidge, for coming on. It's been a pleasure and um i'm sure i'll speak to you again very soon oh absolutely we need to arrange your like seventh and eighth appearance on the podcast right (laughs) absolutely yeah absolutely (laughs) all right well we will leave you with that that's our lovely bumper sized episode and next time we do an og episode it'll be myself rich steve and ben 
who is, of course, our newest member. Uh, I can't guarantee he'll do another poem, but I am kind of poking him in that direction. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Take care. Have a wonderful day, evening, afternoon, whatever time of day is. And see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.